Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, Texas is still standing up to Biden, which is great. And the governor is doubling down, saying, listen, there's an invasion going on in our state. You're doing nothing about it, so I'm going to, as per the United States Constitution. And he's getting a lot of Republican support, as you can imagine. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. And Biden got the endorsement of the United Auto Workers. And as I told you yesterday, many, 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 many members of that union, much like most unions around the country, are going to vote for Trump, despite what their union leadership says. And Sean Fain, the president of the United Auto Workers, said that exact point on Fox News today, that a great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. No kidding. It's exactly like I said yesterday. You know, I remember 2016, how many union guys would call the show and they would say the same thing. You know, yes, my bosses are all backing Hillary Clinton, but it doesn't matter because we are backing Trump. I'd stop them. They'd be down at the um, construction spots. You know, we walk along the street and then you turn around and you would say to them, hey, like out of curiosity, who are you guys voting for? They'd say, well, we're union proud. You know, they'd have all the stickers on their hats and everything. And they'd say, but we are backing uh, Donald Trump. And they were very proud of that fact. And they said over and over again that that is the majority of all their cohorts. That's what they're all doing. They're all they're all voting for Trump, despite what the union bosses are telling them. And that's a very key point. You know, it's a key point because if you recognize what the working people of America are doing versus what the fat cats in the union leadership are doing, you really get a microcosm of America right there. You know, you do. You get a microcosm of America and you understand why 2020 is going to look a lot more like 2016 or 2024. I mean, it's going to look a lot more like 2016 than, than it did 2020. I mean, it's, it's 2016 all over again where you've got this, this, this populism feel out there where people are frustrated. They're frustrated about a lot of different things and they want change. It's very obvious they want change. And corporate media is saying the same crap they were saying in 2016. Trump's a fascist. He's going to take over the world. He's Mussolini. He's Hitler. I got another clip again. Joy Reid comparing him to Hitler again. The rise of fascism, blah, blah, blah. And 
the corporations, they're all doing the same thing, too. You know, thinking the safe bet to be with the majority of Americans, the reasonable Americans, is to back the Democrat in the White House, you know, because that makes them reasonable. And they're completely missing the point of how everybody feels out there. People right now are angry. They are giving a giant middle finger again like they were giving in 2016. Rand Paul made a great point today was we're, we're sending more money to the Palestinians. He said, we're paying, we're basically, we're funding both sides of this war. And he said, when did America become the world's sugar daddy? I mean, here we are funding both sides of this war. What are we doing here? I think a lot of people are frustrated with that. I know people are frustrated with the energy issues that are going on right now. I know they're, I mean, you even got this in Chicago. They want to ban natural gas in Chicago where it's freezing freaking cold because it's Chicago in winter. And a Democrat alderman, city councilman, whatever they're called up there, comes out yesterday and says, you can't ban natural gas. We need it. Our people need it. But but this is the, the, the disconnect. I mean, it's the disconnect between what people are hearing on the ground versus what the people at the top are saying. And this disconnect is what is the big story of the day. It's brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. VenariaDental.com. So when you look at the people that are voting for Nikki Haley and you realize that they are, at least in New Hampshire, 70% of them Democrat voters and they turn around and say, yeah, 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 but in the general election, we're going to vote for Joe Biden. Uh, okay. I mean, sure, you they will. They probably will. But the establishment could live with it if she winds up beating him because she probably would if she were the general election candidate. Because I think at this point, anybody beats Biden. But you see, they're not nervous about swapping out Biden for Nikki Haley because they can live with Nikki Haley. Now, interestingly enough, today, Peter Navarro, who is one of uh, Trump's top advisors, was just sentenced to four months in prison for defying a congressional subpoena. He would not go to a closed door deposition. Same thing happened to Steve Bannon. He got four months in prison. Right now, Steve Bannon is on appeal. So the judges said you don't have to go to court or you don't have to serve your sentence till your appeal wraps up. So today, Peter Navarro was handed down a four month sentence. And I got to wonder if the Department of Justice tipped off Hunter's legal team, because you remember a couple of days ago, Hunter Biden announced that he would go for a closed door deposition. And it happened right as Congress was getting ready to vote to give him a formal. I don't know if it was going to if they were necessarily going to turn it over to the Justice Department for a formal uh, inquiry, but they were certainly going to reprimand him with a congressional reprimand which probably would have led to a referral to the DOJ for being in contempt of Congress. And if Hunter Biden finds out, you know, that Peter Navarro is going to jail for four months, Hunter Biden doesn't want to go to jail. Hunter Biden does not want to go to jail for five minutes, let alone four months, let alone for what, 40 years with all the charges that are better. He's facing on the federal level. My point being that while it's ridiculous to send Peter Navarro to jail for four months, But look, the guy defied Congress, and that's how it goes. So that's probably why Hunter Biden decided at the last minute he was going to then show up for the closed-door deposition, which is scheduled for next month. It also tells you something, though, and that is that if Hunter Biden is unwilling to make a stand, a firm stand to say, I'm not going to do your closed-door deposition, knowing that it could lead him into jail, although I don't know if the Department of Justice would actually pursue charges against him, might like they did Bannon and Navarro. But if that's his thinking, like I can't do four months. 
he certainly can't do decades. Is this when he flips on his dad? It reminds me of that scene in The Dark Knight, you know, where the Joker's talking about the guy, Lao, the Chinese guy who's talking about how he's going to take all the money back to Hong Kong because Hong Kong has no extradition. You know, and the Joker's there with all the mafia members and the Joker says to them, Batman has no extradition treaties. Batman doesn't worry about extradition. And he'll get that guy and he'll make him squeal and guys like him squeal. Hunter Biden squeals. He'll squeal against his old man. Right now, uh, there's a Chinese guy giving a deposition, ironically enough. Uh, Closed doors in the House giving a deposition in the impeachment inquiry about Joe Biden. So if you need to get Joe Biden out of the race because Trump's going to beat him and they cannot risk that. Well, that's how you do it. There you go. That's the pressure point you apply. You apply the pressure point of his son. By the way, Governor Christy Nome of South Carolina right now on television talking to Fox News that Texas has the right to defend itself. Christy Nome, of course, on the short list for the Veep stakes as one of um, the potential choices of President Donald Trump. Should he get the nomination, which he's going to get? So anyway, if you want to apply pressure to get Biden out of the race, I mean, that's what you do. That's how you do it. This Chinese guy who's given testimony behind closed doors today about Hunter Biden's businesses and Joe Biden's businesses, all these things that are happening right now, playing out in real time, you don't think that that's the, the truth is going to come out? Of course it's going to come out. It's a question of whether or not Joe Biden wants to face the music or not. Like everybody's talking about Trump defending himself on the stand in the E. Jean Carroll defamation damages trial. Okay, that's great. He, he'll have to pay some money here. The judge is going to decide what he has to pay. Um, obviously, it doesn't doesn't move the needle in terms of Republican primary voters. But what they really should be talking about is what this guy is testifying behind closed doors in Congress today, which is we don't know. We don't know exactly what he's saying because it's all a secret deposition. We will eventually, though, probably before the show's out today, we'll get some news on that. But we do know that he's telling he's talking about the Biden family crime family. We know that we know that. I mean, we know that he's 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 spilling the goods on the money that was transferred to the Bidens. We know all that. And we know the Justice Department's pursuing Hunter Biden. We know all that. So when I when I think about a guy like Hunter, who so desperately wants to stay out of prison, and I think about a party like the Democrat Party that so desperately wants a new candidate, and this is where the two merge. This is where they can come together. And Joe Biden pardons his son, therefore making all the Biden crime family crimes go away. And then Joe Biden turns to America and says, I can't run for a second term because obviously I've pardoned my son. I've chosen family. I've chosen family over uh, my political future, blah, blah, blah. And then they can make a change. I mean, he's facing dire disapproval ratings among Hispanics in a state he won big in 2020, according to a new poll. Dire disapproval ratings. See, you think the border situation, you know, if you listen to the uh, talking hens on The View and other places, you think that enforcing the border is racist and that Latino voters don't like it. Uh, you're wrong. Actually, that's not true. President Joe Biden is bleeding Hispanic support in New Mexico, a state he won by 10 points in 2020 with the help of a key demographic group. New polling data from Power of the Future and public opinion strategies, and we'll talk to Daniel Turner from Public Power of the Future a little bit later in the show today, shows that the president's disapproval rating among Hispanics in New Mexico has skyrocketed since taking office. 
Of the Hispanics polled in the Power of the Future survey, 63% disapprove of the job Biden has done with 51% strongly disapproving, while 36% approve of his performance. 63% disapprove of the job Joe Biden has done among Hispanics. That's not good. That's not good. You know why? It's it's like this. It's because of the border. It's because despite what Joy Reid thinks, enforcing the border and having a strict immigration policy and border security is not viewed as racist among the Latino community. Just the opposite. They tend to be a community that favors law and order. And they think what's happening right now is absolute chaos. And it doesn't matter if it might be their 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 fellow country men and women who are coming in. Although I doubt that. I mean, if there were, if this was a bunch of Italians trying to sneak into the southern border, I'm not I'm not going to suddenly come on the air and be like, well, let them in. They're my people. I don't think it works that way. I think either you support a border that is secure or you don't. I, I think the group crossing that border illegally is not the point. But since the media always makes it the point and says that if you're unhappy with that, it means you're racist. OK, well, then most of the people crossing the border are of Hispanic origin of some sort, while Hispanic Americans don't like it. Much like how Italian Americans would not like it if suddenly a bunch of Sicilians started pouring in over the southern border for whatever various reasons why they'd want to leave, I don't know. But if they did, it's not like suddenly an Italian American conservative talk show host is going to turn around and be like, you know, on this point, take down the barbed wire because I don't want my people getting hurt by barbed wire. It doesn't work that way. Either you support a strict border or you don't. Either you want the border to be closed and the invasion stopped or you don't. Who's coming over is not the point. But the media makes it the point. And they make it the point, too, whenever somebody says you're going to change the complexion of America. And they think by that you mean make America brown. What, we're, what people are actually saying is, no, no, you're going to make America Democrat. Because the goal here is to get these people in, give them citizenship, give them amnesty. Uh, Well, they don't have to join into the culture. Well, they don't have to assimilate into the culture. They probably would because, you know, there's a lot of advantages to doing so. But what people are actually worried about is changing the culture of America, because when the Democrat Party gives them all amnesty, the thinking is they're all going to vote for Democrats. That's really the issue here. In addition to getting amnesty, they're also going to get a lot of benefits, too. A lot of welfare benefits. Various types of welfare, which then also makes them dependent on the Democrat Party, which also is a reason why you'll be changing the complexion of America to the Democrat Party, because you're going to be creating new Democrat voters. And if a bunch of poor Italians were coming in over the southern border, you'd still have Italian Americans turning around and saying the same thing. Say, no, this doesn't. No, just because there are people doesn't mean this is okay. It doesn't change the fact that your goal here is to get them in. Give them benefits because Italy's being ravaged by the mafia again or something and and make them another dependent class. We see what you're doing. We know what you're doing. And they're also here now competing with with us for jobs. And we don't like it. The Power of the Future Communications Director Larry Barron's told the Daily Wire, politically, New Mexico may be a small state, but these results spell big trouble for Joe Biden. The biggest issues on the minds of voters are the economy and crime. So it's clear Joe Biden's failures are the driving force behind why his numbers are taking a dive. Not good. Not good. Now think about Pennsylvania, which is the state that's ultimately going to divide, uh, define the presidency and choose the president of the United States of America. Think about Pennsylvania for a second. Where you got John Fetterman out there, John Fetterperson, 
coming out there, and he is taking the point to say over and over again, we need to have a secure border. I know why he's doing it. He's doing it, obviously, because he wants to sound like a reasonable Democrat so he can ultimately stab Trump in the back. I get that. But he's also saying something that resonates with people. Don't miss that point. What he's saying resonates with people. He's saying that we need to have border security. And it's not because he's racist. It's not because he isn't. I mean, he's married to a to a, to an immigrant. He makes that point every five seconds. Which then makes you understand that that's how most people feel. And John Fetterman's not going to adopt this position unless it was popular. If his goal here ultimately is to shiv Trump and be the reasonable voice that comes out for Joe Biden, he's not going to adopt that position unless it's what the mainstream thinking of most Pennsylvanians is. Obviously. And in addition to that, he's also been very, very steadfast in his support for Israel. And he's one of two Democrats who is not going to sign on to a Palestinian statehood measure. The two-state solution that you hear so much about, Joe Manchin, John Fetterperson, these two have not signed on to the resolution calling for a Palestinian state. Now, I've told you before, I think it's John Fetterman's body double who's taken over. Just like in the movie Dave, the body double has become the actual senator at this point. Uh, But the body double would still not be taking this position unless it was a popular position. Because if the goal here is a long con to ultimately shiv Trump and show everybody you support Joe Biden, then you're not going to take positions that are kooky and wacky because then your long con won't work. So you take positions that most of the voters in Pennsylvania agree with, which is that the border should be secure. America should stand with Israel. And there you go. It's not that complicated to see how this plays out. And it's also not that complicated to understand that John Fetterman is smart enough to know that when a majority of union people in the state of Pennsylvania are going to vote for Donald Trump, the the, the super majority of union guys are going to vote for Trump over Biden. He knows that, too. He knows that as well. So at some point, don't wait to be surprised when John Fetterman comes out and starts attacking Joe Biden's spending and his economy and everything else, because that's the, that's, that's the next thing he'll do to sound reasonable so that he can be the reasonable Democrat who shivs Trump and backs Biden in the general election. If that's his long con, then he ultimately leads the third prong on that stool, which is to criticize Biden's economy, which he's going to do. 100% he's going to do. He has to. Even though the United Auto Workers president, Sean Fain, endorsed Biden, he admitted what I told you yesterday, what I'm saying now, what you know to be true, what historically we've seen, which is that the great majority of his members, union guys, blue collar men and women who actually work for a living are going to vote for Trump. Despite what he says, despite his endorsement, despite the union's endorsement. Cut number four. Look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, Yes, some will. Uh, But that's the reality of this. Uh, The majority of our members are going to vote their paycheck. Uh, Whoa. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. 
And Matt, see if you can get a, a more extended cut of that, if you could, because I'd love to hear what he says when he says they're going to vote with their paycheck. Because I, I really, I think that that's exactly right. They will vote with their paycheck, but obviously their paycheck under Joe Biden is not great. And think about it. I mean, if it was, why would all these union guys be backing the great majority, as he put it, the great majority of union workers? Why would they then all be voting against Joe Biden? Why would they be defying their union leadership on this? Why would he, why would, why would they buck the union bosses? Not that they'd be afraid to buck them, but why would they? I mean, if things were great, if things were great, rosy and economically and their paychecks were killer, why would they go against what the union is, in, is doing in terms of endorsements? They wouldn't, right? You, you'd have Sean Fain on there saying, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will vote for President Joe Biden because they're happy with their paychecks. But he's not saying that. He's saying a great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Some will, but a great majority, not just a majority, a great majority will not vote for Joe Biden. And you know the same thing's playing out in Pennsylvania. Pick whatever union you want with the exception of the teachers union and the government workers union, because those two unions will always go with the Democrats. It doesn't matter if the state fraternal order police back Biden. Or if they back or if the because uh, the majority of cops are going to vote for Trump. And it doesn't matter if if they if the Carpenters Union votes to endorse Biden or not votes, but gives their endorsement to Biden. The, the majority of Carpenters, the great majority of them are going to vote for Trump. Pick whatever union you want. Electrical workers. It doesn't matter. Leadership can do one thing. Bosses in the union do one thing. The, everybody else is going to vote for the person who they think is best for their paycheck. And that is, that's Trump. You just heard him say it, a great majority. So there you go. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you want to weigh in today. A lot to chat about locally and nationally. And the question, of course, is, will Amazon and Ring, the doorbell, actually do the right thing? And that is to stop giving the state your doorbell footage without a warrant have the answer for you. And America's nanny Chuck Schumer goes after nicotine pouches. Because the guy just can't find something he doesn't want to regulate. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
Sioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Oh, look at that. The co-founder of LinkedIn is not going to give any more money to Nikki Haley without a path to victory. Yeah, that story just came out. So, you know, Nikki Haley thinks that she has a chance in all these open primary states coming up where all the Democrats get to vote. But uh, she's going to need to demonstrate a new potential path to victory over Donald Trump before she gets any more donations from billionaire Reid Hoffman. An advisor for the Democratic mega donor told the New York Post today, prior to the primaries, we made an investment in Governor Haley because we saw that her performance in New Hampshire might give her a path to defeating Donald Trump. But the 11 point loss in the Granite State, he thinks that there is no path. He said it's still possible Governor Haley will be able to persuade voters that Trump is no longer stable and cannot carry their banner into the fall campaign. Before recommending another investment at this later stage in the process, however, I will need to see a new potential path to victory, given that she did not win New Hampshire. In December, he gave $250,000 to a pro-Haley super PAC that has spent more than $42 million supporting the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations White House bid. Told you there's a lot of money in politics. You think to yourself, $42 million. That's just that one pack up in flames. Poof, gone, like it never existed. $42 million. A lot of people making money in this. Where do you think that money goes? The vast majority of that goes to produce television commercials because they're very expensive to air. And the people that air them and then do the media buying get a nice chunk of change. And they do both. Buy the, you buy the clip, I mean, you, you, you produce the commercial, and then you do the media buying for it. And then you get a little bit of a, of a VIG, you know, like 25% of the buy or something like that. It's good, it's good money. And then, of course, you have all the fancy consultants who get paid a couple hundred thousand dollars to give terrible advice. You have the mail people, you know, send out all the, the fancy mail pieces. And this is the PACs have their own people, don't forget. The campaigns have their own people. And never the two shall cross because federal law does not allow coordination anymore. So th- there's, there's, the, there's the PAC people who make all their money the campaign people that make all their money and and none of them want, want to lose their jobs or lose their ability to make money. And since it's so late in the game and they've already made a lot of cash, they want to keep that gravy train going. So that means that if this guy's saying, I need to see a pathway here, that means probably other donors are saying the same thing. And this is where they get nervous. They get nervous now that the gravy train is going to dry up. Because, you know, if you're making a cool couple hundred G's in an election cycle and some of these people make millions of dollars in an election cycle, you don't want that money to dry up. And as long as guys like this are writing checks for $250,000, you got nothing to worry about. But if he's saying, I'm going to withhold the checky till I see a pathway to victory, there's probably other donors saying the same thing. And this is another problem here because... When Nikki Haley comes out and says, we do have a pathway to victory. What she means is we get a lot of Democrats to vote for me in the open primaries that are coming up. We hope Trump goes to prison and then I get the nomination at the Republican National Convention. That's what they're already starting to tell people, just like I told you they would. They're already starting to let that out there. Only problem for them is. It doesn't seem like Trump's going to be going to prison anytime soon because there's more stuff coming out about Fawny Willis and her 
uh, Gumada, or she, well, her boyfriend, this guy, all this is coming out. And this whole case is going up in flames there in Georgia. And it's really, really awkward, too. It is, it was, it was described today earlier, a wonderful, wonderful soap opera. And somebody made the point in the New York Times, the far right wing New York Times, that she should step down in the Trump case in Georgia. Clark Cunningham, a law professor at Georgia State University, writing for the far right wing New York Times and saying, the case against Donald Trump in Georgia for allegedly participating in a criminal conspiracy to interfere with the 2020 election is more important than any individual actor managing the prosecution. And that includes the Fulton County District Attorney, Fawny Willis, and the case's lead prosecutor, Nathan Wade. In recent weeks, Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade have found themselves in a spotlight that should belong to the serious charges against Mr. Trump. The two are the focus of a legal motion and ensuing news reporting about a possible romantic relationship, which has explored whether it amounts to a conflict of interest with regards to the case. You know, they were going on cruises, staying at fancy hotels in Napa Valley, Royal Caribbean cruises. Oh, having a great time. Probably drinks, margaritas and whatnot. The two lovebirds were enjoying themselves. The only problem is he was still technically married. And so the estranged wife wants to know if he was hiding any money from her as the divorce proceeding goes forward and where the source of that income came from. And it turns out it came from Fawny Willis, who brought him in to be the lead prosecutor, even though the guy's got no prosecutorial experience. So this guy writes for the far right wing New York Times and says, I'm a law professor in Georgia who teaches ethics and who has studied the legal consequences that might come if Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade are found to have a conflict. And I believe the judicious and farsighted course would be for Ms. Willis to take a personal leave of absence and turn over control of the district attorney's office and the case against Mr. Trump to a career deputy district attorney. Problem for him, though, is that it's not that simple. It's not that simple because the entire office is tainted now. The entire district attorney's office is tainted and it's probably going to have to go outside of the the district attorney's office completely. And let's face it, you know, it's um it's scandalous. It's sleazy. It's got all the all the makings of a wonderful Hollywood love story, but the problem is it's taxpayer dollars here that we're talking about. And it's not accusations, really. It's the truth. I mean, we know the credit card receipts are there. We know that the two were, you know, we know this. And Ms. Willis has been given a February 2nd deadline to respond to the accusations. She and Mr. Wade could fight the motion, stay in the case. The judge is scheduled a hearing in mid-February. It helps to know Georgia law to understand why the stakes of this complication are so high and could be so damaging to the case. Even if the motion to remove Miss Willis, Mr. Wade, and the district attorney's office is ultimately decided in their favor. If, in mid-February, Judge McAfee grants the motion and applies the motion to the other defendants, it could bring the entire case to a halt because under Georgia law, if a district attorney is disqualified, so is the entire staff of the district attorney's office. So his point is, if you step aside, it would forestall the disqualification. I don't agree with the analysis here. It may hold off on it, but it's it's not going to forestall it. No way. It would be too invested here. The whole office is too invested. The whole thing stinks. 
something very rotten in Denmark, as they say. Very rotten. So what that means now is that Georgia's Supreme Court has said that a district attorney must be disqualified if the DA has, quote, acquired a personal interest or stake in the defendant's conviction. Lawyers for Mr. Trump and his co-defendants are likely to argue that Fawny Willis and Mr. Wade concocted the extensive special grand jury investigation, which has spanned about seven months and involves some 75 witnesses and the subsequent 98 page 41 count indictment against 19 defendants to make money for themselves by enabling Mr. Wade to bill the district attorney's office close to $700,000 by working on both the grand jury investigation and the prosecution of the indictment. Now, this law professor says, I don't know if the, that argument's going to succeed. However, they will be able to cite several factors that seem unusual in this case. Let's go through those factors, shall we? Let's do that. First of all, Mr. Wade was very involved in both the special grand jury investigation and the current criminal case, despite an absence of obvious qualifications. Although Ms. Willis has defended her decision to hire Mr. Wade, his previous experience as a prosecutor appears to have been largely limited to misdemeanors. The amount paid to Mr. Wade so far is substantial. Yet Mr. Wade's billing invoices obtained by the council are not well documented. Don't always offer, for example, itemized time worked in increments of less than one day. If Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade are dismissed by Judge McAfee, it will be up to the state agency, the Prosecuting Attorneys Council of Georgia, to appoint a prosecutor to take over. And that's where things could go really off the rails. Oh, fun. And you thought we were just having some fun now. Oh, just wait. Take one precedent. On July 25th, 2022, Ms. Willis was disqualified from prosecuting Burt Jones, who was then a state senator, after she hosted a fundraiser for Mr. Jones's eventual, eventual opponent in the race for lieutenant governor. 18 months later, 18 months later, they still have not appointed a special prosecutor. And Mr. Jones, now lieutenant governor, has not even been indicted. 18 months later, they still have not found a replacement prosecutor. That, that's because the group that does this, the, the Prosecuting Attorneys Council of Georgia, what the reluctance is, my guess, is politics. And now the guy's a lieutenant governor. So the other thing to think about is, do any of them want to touch this case against Trump with a 10-foot pole? And they may not, especially in light of all this. Back to the article from the, or the op-ed from the law professor. The delay is not even the worst possible outcome for the case if Miss Willis is disqualified. A special prosecutor could decide to reduce or dismiss charges against some or all of the defendants including Mr. Trump. It's very possible the special, what's the name of this organization again? The Prosecuting Attorneys Council of Georgia could decide to appoint a prosecutor who's Trump-friendly, who then goes in there and decides these charges are BS, dismisses them. Whoa, how's that? You didn't see that coming now, did you? No, nobody did. In 2020, Fannie Willis won, Fawny Willis won the district attorney election in Fulton County after defeating the incumbent Paul Howard. He had been severely criticized for his decision to indict two Atlanta police officers in the case of Ray Shard Brooks, who was shot during an attempted arrest. Ms. Willis requested that the case be referred to a special prosecutor based on concern over Mr. Howard's possible misconduct. And the director 
of the, and again, this group is the Prosecuting Attorneys Council of Georgia. <laughs> what a name, right? Uh, that group and the director um, took them time, but they, the director himself, Pete Scandidakis, was appointed a special prosecutor. And then after two years, he announced, he had decided the officers committed no crimes and dismissed all the charges. So it tells you something about the political makeup of the council that would then appoint the potential successor to Miss Willis, the prosecuting attorney's council of Georgia. I think it tells you a lot about the political makeup of that group. If two years later, the guy who takes over, who is the director of the group himself, appoints himself a special prosecutor. And then concludes the cops did nothing wrong and dismisses all charges. That could absolutely happen here in Georgia with Trump. All that group has to do is put in a special prosecutor who's even mildly MAGA. Or just somebody with common sense who can look at the evidence and say there's no case here. Or they could also just delay it. They could delay appointing somebody for years. They could delay it until Trump leaves the White House. They could delay it until... And Georgia for them was always... The secret sauce. You know, that was always how they were going to stop Trump, Georgia, because they always figured, well, there's no pardon power in Georgia. It's not like the governor can pardon him. Presidents can't pardon themselves for state crimes. This is how we'll bring him down right here. This is what we'll do. This is how we'll stop him in his tracks, Georgia. And even though Georgia may be on your mind right now, it's definitely on the mind of everybody watching a very scandalous love affair. Because even if in the next month the judge denies the motion to disqualify, the case may still be knocked off track for a long time. The defendants would likely ask the judge to allow a discretionary appeal, which could be granted, along with a stay of the criminal case pending the appeal. And then whoever lost in the Court of Appeals would probably ask for the Georgia Supreme Court to review the issue, possibly delaying the case for additional months. In fact, even before the February 2nd deadline for a filing in response to Mike Roman's motion, the district attorney could take a personal leave until the case is concluded, appointing a chief deputy as acting district attorney during her leave. The acting district attorney could then decide to terminate Mr. Wade's contract immediately and respond on February 2nd that the motion is no longer relevant. If Mr. Wade isn't making money from the case anymore, and Ms. Willis has relinquished control, then the argument of personal financial interest in the continued prosecution disappears. But there's another complicating factor in all this, and that is her own gigantic ego. See, Fawny Willis wants to become governor of Georgia, and she thought by bringing down Donald Trump, that would be her pathway to victory here. If she were to take a leave, it's going to be an admission of guilt. It's going to be an admission that she hired her boyfriend and used taxpayer dollars to enrich him and thus herself and enjoy lavish cruises and luxurious resorts in Napa Valley wine country. And it's going to be the end of her political career, probably the end of the case. And it's going to make a laughing stock out of this entire ordeal. So much so that it's very possible that whoever becomes the deputy prosecutor might also turn around and say, this thing needs to go away pronto because we are a joke and now i want to become the district attorney whoever takes over with their ego they may think to themselves i want the job 
So now I want to run for office, and the best way that I can do that is to make this entire fiasco go away. And this guy, uh, Clark Cunningham, this expert in legal ethics who writes this for the New York Times, wants to be clear, and he says this, quote, to be clear, I say this is someone who has generally approved of the way Ms. Willis has handled the case, and I believe that the indictment against Mr. Trump and his co-defendants has a solid factual and legal foundation. For Ms. Willis, taking a personal leave need not be considered an admission of wrongdoing. (laughs) That's cute. That's charming. This is the most important case in Georgia right now, arguably the most important case in the nation and potentially of historic significance. Choosing the option that has the best chance of keeping the case on track, even at a personal cost, is the right decision for Ms. Willis to make as a public spirited official. Dude, let me tell you something. If Ms. Willis takes a personal leave, That is 100% an admission of guilt, 100%. And it basically says to everybody, the country, everyone, yeah, you're right. I was boffing the guy, and I was giving him lots of your money to take me on lavish cruises where such boffing took place. And yeah, this case is tainted. This whole thing stinks. And it's bad. It's really, really bad. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you'd like to weigh in. Today, as everything we discuss, NJ Diets can help you lose some weight, 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days time. Guaranteed weight loss with NJ Diet. Just go to NJDiet.com today. You'll lose the weight. You'll feel great. You will be on your way with no shots, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, uh, no side effects. None of that nonsense. Just real natural weight loss based on your biochemistry. And you should do this today because in 40 days, we're going to be taking off the sweaters. We're going to be uh, skipping forward on the clocks, you know, or springing, springing back the clocks. But either way, we're going to get that extra hour of daylight and no spring ahead, right? Yeah. Fall back, spring ahead. So we're going to spring ahead. We're going to get an extra hour of daylight. We're going to shed the sweaters. We're going to start thinking about summer. You are going to be uh, 40 pounds lighter, guaranteed, 20 to 40 pounds lighter, guaranteed in writing. So do it today. Just go to njdiet.com or 855-5NJ-DIET. 855-5NJ-DIET and lose the weight for good, guaranteed, the natural way with NJDiet.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Well, she brought him into her world of the district attorney's office and now there's a huge conflict of interest that is going to destroy the case. And it's irreparable in my opinion in georgia it's over so um so there's that because once this whole thing blows up and the prosecuting attorneys council of georgia which is an interesting group by the way i was uh, reading a little bit about them on on the uh on the break the prosecuting attorneys council of georgia supporting georgia's prosecutors since 1975 and the (laughs) they have a whole thing about prosecutor conflicts of interest they have a whole thing about um, trainings, and it it seems to me to be mostly a group of prosecutors who actually are prosecutors, not like the, like Larry Krasner types who uh, want to be there to be defense attorneys. But it actually looks like it's really a group of people that are actually want to be prosecutors. So there's that. You know, and 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 that whole thing means most likely. I'll give you one, I'll give you one example, right? So they have a whole thing about how they are 
sending people to prison for life following a guilty verdict in a, in a murder trial. You know, there's a whole thing on their, on their website about that. Like, they're not looking to be the Larry Krasner defense attorney types. They're looking to actually be prosecutors. So from that sense of it, that probably means they're more on the conservative side of the spectrum. And then they also probably look at things like evidence. And for that reason, this council, and I'm looking at all these different various people here, um, and their trainings and everything else would probably be more likely to say this case ends. It does not continue. But we shall see because it's certainly going to blow up. No doubt about that. Who makes up the council? Well, let's see. We've got the chair is Tasha Mosley. We got Keith Gamage, the vice chair from Fulton County. So he's going to probably have to recuse himself. Lee Patterson, Jonathan L. Adams, Sherry Boston, Mary Broder, Todd Hayes, Bradford Rigby, and Sandy Weisenbaker. Oh, that's the council. That's who chooses. It's, that's who would choose Fawny Willis's replacement. Fascinating how that would work. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. we got a big 4 o'clock hour coming up for you. The latest on uh, the comparisons of Trump to Hitler from MSNBC. Yes, there's more of them, as you can imagine. And will Amazon finally stop turning over your ring doorbell footage to cops without a warrant? Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. wonder out loud about if Joe Biden's losing his mind and his ability to speak. We'll play a clip for you of him babbling at a brewery a few moments ago. That just came out. And yeah, the battle over Texas and the implications for Pennsylvania and all this. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thanks for being here today. We got a lot to chat about. Told you that John Fetterperson is one of the two U.S. senators who has not signed on to the deal for a two-state solution, as it's called, for a creation of a Palestinian state. And um, that that issue is uh, is is a big one because I, I I think it's very obvious right now. Most Americans, most people in Pennsylvania, stand with Israel. And that's why there's only two Democrat holdouts, one of them being the guy who's trying to paint himself right now as the reasonable, moderate Democrat. And that, of course, would be John Fetter person, who, of course, I told you is his body double, who's just simply taken over the role. Um, all right. Uh, there's a longer version of that clip that I played earlier. Uh, this is the United Auto Workers president, Sean Fain. And, you know, he said that a great majority of his members are going to vote for uh, somebody other than Joe Biden, meaning Donald Trump, obviously. A great majority, not just a majority, but a great majority, a great majority, great people. And when the union leadership comes out and says, we're back in Biden, the average union guy goes, I'm not back in that bum. And Sean Fain acknowledges as much. And this is what he said. Take a listen. Look, every, that's what makes this country, you know, 
uh, a beacon for other countries. You know, it's, it's democracy in action. Um, look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them, and they're going to vote for a president. When you look at these two presidents, the choice is very clear about which one stands up with the working class and stands up for labor, and which one stands for the billionaire class, and that's his base. We still watch very closely. So why did you endorse Biden then? I'm just, I see, I'm, I'm really, I'm curious about that, why you would endorse Biden if that's how the great majority of your members feel. But then it's very obvious why. It's because they want all the, the, the VIG, the green energy VIG. That's why. The VIG. They got the VIG. Come on. They want the VIG, the green energy VIG. Come on. That's why they're doing this, obviously. They want, they want the, the green energy cash to keep rolling in. The union leadership, they also want the Bennies and all the other things, but the average union worker will be voting for Donald Trump. That is the most important takeaway from that right there. Uh, I just sent you a clip, Matt DeSantis, of Joe Biden just gave a, some st- stirring remarks today at, at a brewery. And I think he might have had a little too much of the beer inside the brewery. I'm not quite sure. I don't really know if anybody can understand or translate this. I don't know if there's sort of a kind of a Rosetta Stone for this babble. I don't I don't know. But this is why people wonder about Joe Biden's ability to actually go over the finish line. They wonder about his ability to actually be able to, you know, do the job as president of the United States of America. Uh, Take a listen. Hold on. Okay, we're holding. I'm holding. It is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. All right, one more time. Go ahead. The beer brewed here, it is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. (laughs) Does anybody understand a word of what he just said? (laughs) No. Was, Was there like an applause sign like they have at like you know, talk shows that says, please applause, like it lights up. But what were they, one of those, what were they applauding though? That's what I'm saying. I I didn't understand what he was saying. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, was there one of those lights like right above him out of the shot? It says applause. And then everyone has to clap and laugh. I guess because does anyone know what he was saying? No, that made no sense. (laughs) I, I I just, I'd like to, if there's a translator, that's what I'd like to know. How do we translate that is my question. I always hear those. Here, it is used to make the brew beer. <laughs> oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. See, you know how they have Babel? You always see those commercials for Babel. makes learning a foreign language easy. Do they have a Babel Biden version? <laughs> makes understanding Joe Biden easy? That's what they need to do. Come out with a version for that. It seemed like the audience laughed and clapped almost uh, mercifully so that they could cut him off and he could restart his next sentence yeah there's a couple more of these if you want to grab them rnc research just put a put a bunch up a couple minutes ago there's a there's a number of issues of biden fighting with this teleprompter here's another one if you want it sure All right, try a different. Stage. Try a different one then. That's Let's, just a, yeah, just some sh- a shuffling off the stage. He is screaming. Cost ten bucks to make it. Ten bucks to make it. I don't know what he's 
what he's talking about making. But he just has to he has to yell though, you know. But here's this one: my professor. You see that one? My predis. You see that one? My professor. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Oh, here we go. Got it. My professor. Uh, yeah, well, I won't get into my professor. <laughs> but look, my predecessor though. <laughs> oh, so that's what you meant to say. Gotcha. So the babble version of that kicked in, and it was it's actually predecessor, not professor. Right. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. And here he is talking about. And employment has been the lowest, been below 4% for the longest stretch in 50 years. All right. <laughs> it's, it's just the cognitive. Uh, uh, all right. Let's see here now. He accepted uh, the UAW endorsement and started yelling about buying American. And remember what the president of the union just said. A great majority of our members will not vote for Joe Biden. They will vote for Donald Trump. This is the thing, you know, despite. See, I always think from this perspective, right? You can think about what the people who get paid lots of money in CNN and MSNBC and all these other places will think. And it's very different from what a guy or a gal who's on the assembly line at a manufacturing plant who wants to keep their jobs. I mean, there's a clip that resurfaced of Michael Moore talking about. Um, Donald Trump and how he went to GM and said to them, you know, if if you make your cars in Mexico, we're going to slap such a big tariff on you that no one will ever buy them. And he said he fought for the workers. He says you could understand why these people are supporting him. It's their jobs because Trump is going to fight to keep their jobs here. And despite all the the green energy subsidies that these automakers are, are coming up with, these guys also know that that means less jobs for them. So in addition to the environmental impact of what the green EVs are doing, which is they're causing fires everywhere, it's also an impact on jobs because a lot of them are going to lose their jobs. You won't need as many workers to build these cars, which is also why a great majority of their members are not going to vote for Joe Biden. But here's Biden accepting the endorsement and yelling, Cut three. Corporate America found the cheapest labor in the world, and they sent the jobs to those laborers and sent the product back to us. But not anymore. We're building product here and shipping it overseas. (laughs) Buy America and build America. (laughs) I mean it. Do you also wonder if in the teleprompter it says yell here? I was thinking the same exact thing. Yell. Like they put it in all caps for him. That's probably what they did. They put it in all caps so he wouldn't miss it. And then he just assumes that means he's just supposed to start yelling. Also, it's worth noting, I had to edit that audio. When he's speaking at a normal tone in the beginning, it was so soft that um, you wouldn't actually be able to hear it if I played it over the uh, over the, the radio. Um, and then immediately jumps into the screaming and then the levels go all over the place. Oh, can you try it in its raw far- form just yeah, so we can, actually I can. hear Hang what on. that's like? Yeah, here it is. It's going to be a a drastic uh, change in sound, and I apologize. All right, here it is. Corporate America found the cheapest labor in the world, and they sent the jobs to those laborers and sent the product back to us. But not anymore. We're building product here and shipping (laughs) it overseas. You know what it sounds like? I'll tell you what it sounds like. When you yell at your kids and you start being, you start getting the truth and you find out, I just got a call from the principal, and they said, that you skip class, you are grounded for a week. <laughs> that's what it, 
That's what it reminds me of. Something like that. I just got a call from the police and they said you and your friends were drinking in the woods. Give me the keys to your car. You've just lost the car. (laughs) That's exactly what that sounds like. And it's so crazy. All right, one more time. In the raw form. The the real one? The real one. Yeah, please. Corporate America found the cheapest labor in the world and they sent the jobs to those laborers and sent the product back to us. But not anymore. We're building product here and shipping it overseas. I just got a call from your teacher. She said that you were... Buy America and (laughs) build America. You were cheating on your math test? Hmm? Well, you just lost your Nintendo Switch for a week, buddy. And I mean it. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about right there. Go real low, real soft, and you just start yelling. I got a call from the principal today. Hmm. Principal said you and your friends were flashing the boys on the bus. Well, guess what? You're not going to the prom this year, and guess what? I mean it. Like a crazy parent, you know? <laughs> like a crazy parent. Uh, here is, um, let's see, the UAW president roasting Donald Trump. Again, this is what I mean. It's... it's um, He said a great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden, yet completely out of touch with his own members. He also starts yelling. And um, this clip here, cut number two. Donald Trump is a scab. Donald Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents. Now, let's just stop it there for a second. This is important to note. I don't know who the people are in that room, but it's not necessarily that they're United Auto Worker members. It's very possible. I mean, if he said that a majority of our members will not vote for President Biden, it's very possible that this campaign event the people cheering there are not actually members of the United Auto Workers Union. We don't we don't know. We, I mean, they didn't show the crowd. We don't know who was actually in the room when the people start cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah Trump. Blah, blah, blah. We have no idea. So my guess is there are some who are union workers who are there, but they're going to make sure the people who are there are definitely supporting Biden. And then the campaign's going to fill in the rest. Because you're not going to risk some people sitting there going, you suck, MAGA. You're not going to chance that. And if the union president is saying a a great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden, the campaign's not going to take that risk, that that, that they're going to start heckling Biden. So just keep that in mind as this guy stands up there and starts railing against Biden or Trump and the people are cheering doesn't mean that they're the people who are actually making the cars. I think that's an important point with all this a very important point to note he would not come out and announce that a great majority of our members are going to vote for trump and that's because they're going to put their paycheck first and then fill the room with those people as they give the endorsement to biden here is um on cnn van jones david axelrod and raheen salam discussing the uaw endorsing president biden during a panel discussion this is a very interesting accusation by Rihan Salam, cut five. 
Yeah. The union movement is growing. If you're if you're a proud working class person, you got to be proud of unions. If you're proud of unions, you should be proud of Joe Biden. And I was glad that the union, at least leadership, recognized that this is a, a pro-union president more so than any in my lifetime, and he deserved that. He did. He, he earned that endorsement. He didn't inherit. It, it, was he a, it. it would have been a blow if sure. they did not endorse him. It was right. important for him to get that endorsement. And message is also really important here. They will uh, amplify this message that Van is speaking about, which is an important contrast with Trump. Trump talks like the working class, but he doesn't govern in their to their benefit. And I think this is going to be a big contrast in the campaign. Guys, he bought the endorsement. <laughs> OK, Joe Biden has channeled billions of dollars to the big three automakers. He was on the picket line with the UAW. This UAW leadership is hard left. What, what you, this is going to happen. Well, you, you say right. he bought it. I say he earned it by being a good president for, for, for labor. Well, uh, I will. I will disagree. Yeah, well, I, I should. Thank you, Matt. I should mention he's the head of the Manhattan Institute, which is a um, very private, uh, I, sh- I should say, um, it's a think tank which really thinks about getting the government the hell out of economics. Uh, and he's right, because Biden did endorse, did, did buy this endorsement by sending billions of dollars in green energy subsidies to the United Auto Workers Union. That's why. I mean, that's, let's face it, that's exactly why the leadership is with him, but the average workers are not. And there's your distinction right there. Uh, okay, let's see what else we got here. We got a lot going on. Do we think we have our edited, um, do we have the edited commercial for the, our law firm? I do have it now with the disclaimer, just so we don't get into any legal trouble. All right, so there is there is another story about razor wire that came out today. There's another story about razor wire. Uh, Texas obviously has the whole issue with the razor wire. And now ranchers will be given razor wire by the governor of Texas. So we have illegal immigrants sneaking onto private property in Texas a lot. This is one of the issues that comes up with the idea of building a border wall. A lot of it's private land. And so you'd have to use eminent domain if the people don't want to give up their private land. So there would have to be a whole issue around that as well. But now, obviously, these landowners, they want to protect their their property. So Texas is now turning around and saying that if you are a landowner, you're a rancher, the state could install razor wire on your private property and they will do that for you free of charge, free of charge. The state official told the pack room of ranchers who met just outside of Eagle Pass, Texas. So it's your private property. And there's nothing the federal government can do about it. It's your property. And the state of Texas will go, if with your permission, go to your ranch and they will install barbed wire, razor wire on your property. The razor wire is deployed in multiple cities and areas of the Texas border, including an Eagle Pass. And a number of ranchers have already taken advantage of this. And they've said, yes, let's absolutely do this because we know razor wire is affected. So concerned ranchers all met at this meeting yesterday to learn about how they can get the free razor wire offer. So instead of having migrants surrender to Border Patrol agents in the giant open spaces of a public park, um, they're now thinking about possibly limiting this on, like, for example, there's this one guy, Luis Valderrama. Luis Valderrama owns a 400-acre ranch west of Eagle Pass. Now, based on what the corporate media narrative is, Luis Valderrama should want illegal immigrants coming onto his property, but he doesn't. He said, they are now on my property, and he is seeing groups of migrants as large as 200 people come onto his land every day since it is directly on the Mexico border. He's now given Border Patrol agents access to his land so they can arrest the migrants. 
Most migrants are caught on land, but sometimes they run away from Border Patrol, becoming so-called gotaways. And he said, I have an eight-foot fence, and at the very top, I have razor wire. He put it up himself. Valderrama, Ruiz Valderrama, put it up himself on his own property. I have an eight-foot fence, and at the very top, I have razor wire. He also previously allowed the Texas National Guard onto his property to add rows of concertina wire meant to keep the migrants out. I'm watching these migrants cross, and I'm like, wait till they come across. They're not going to know what to do. Now, nah, they'll come up, and they just hopped over it like deer. I couldn't believe it. So he turned down the state's latest offer for more razor wire. He said, there's nothing you really do. If migrants know when they get across and they turn themselves in, they're just going to get processed and released. There's no stopping them. Other ranchers told Daily Mail they were considering the state's offer of razor wire, but also felt the razor wire could be inhumane. And that's the thing, because you could get a scratch. You could scratch yourself on razor wire. And if that happens, as we mentioned, you could get an infection and it could fester and blisters and whatnot. So if you decide to go through razor wire and you injure yourself, our law firm, Moron and Moron, which is the state's, the country's largest non-legal razor wire injury non-law firm in the country, right? Moron and Moron, the nation's leading and largest razor wire injury non-law firm is there for you. This is our revised ad with the proper disclaimer that we have at the end, courtesy of our listener. Do you remember his name from yesterday who was excellent at that impression of Joe Cordell? Uh, yeah, I have it. I jotted it down. Um, I'll give him... Oh, Joe. Uh, sorry, Greg. 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 Yes. It was listener Greg who uh, added this for us. Because uh, you need the disclaimer at the end. Because whenever you're doing complicated legal commercials, there has to be a disclaimer at the end. And in this case, it's important to note that we're not lawyers because otherwise Odyssey Legal is going to come down my, you know what, and demand that we add a disclaimer. So getting ahead of Odyssey Legal and the corporate shenanigans and the bureaucracy, we went ahead and added it ourselves. So take a listen. Have you or a loved one been harmed by razor wire? If so, call today to learn your rights and how you may get a large cash settlement. Did you escape from jail and cut yourself? Did you steal a car from a junkyard? Did the scratch from the razor wire get infected? If so, know your rights. Call today and you could get a large cash settlement. I'm so happy that we called Moron and Moron. Our son tried escaping from jail and cut his leg on razor wire. We got a large cash settlement. I'm so happy I called. My daughter tried escaping from the loony bin. She cut her leg on razor wire, and we got a large cash settlement. I tried breaking into a junkyard to steal a 1986 Datsun. I cut my leg on razor wire, and it got infected. I called Moron and Moron, and I got a large cash settlement. So call today and know your rights. Razor wire may be ineffective, but it's also cruel. And if you get an infection, it could fester. Hi, this is Joe Cardell, formerly with Cardell and Cardell. I now represent the law firm of Moron and Moron. If you're a divorced guy that just got cut by razor wire, call Moron and Moron, and you too could receive a large cash settlement. By the way, I'm not licensed in your state or any state. This is a public service announcement for WPHT. There you go. See that? Excellent. The disclaimer is critical. Perfect. It really is critical. 
No, we can't get into any legal trouble. That's no, we important. can't. And we could probably get sued by Joe Cordell for <laughs> impersonating him without his permission. Maybe we'll just edit out that part. <laughs> it's parody, right? But I, I believe it's covered under the Larry Flint decision. I think so. But Joe Cordell, if you're listening. <laughs> no, he's down in Missouri. He's down in Missouri because he's not licensed in your state. Or any state. Uh, that is the big story of the day today. Razor wire handouts in Texas for free to ranchers. Uh, brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Give Dr. Mike Venaria a call today, and he will take great care of you and give you the smile that you deserve. By the way, one week from today, we'll be live at Parks Casino. Parks Casino for Joe Conklin's Comedy Night, because you got to laugh in these troubled times. We'd love to see you there. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, 20 bucks. Get your ticket, your first drink free, and there'll be live music. It's going to be a blast. we got great comedians who are going to be there that night as well. All you got to do is just go to parkscasino.com slash comedy and get your ticket today before it sells out. The doors open at 7, the show starts at 8, and we'd love to see you there. parkscasino.com slash comedy, and I'll see you Thursday, February 1st. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Oh, yes. Let's see here. Greg is in Williamstown. Greg, thank you very much for the call today and for your wonderful Joe Cordell impression. We appreciate it very much. Well, Rich, thanks. I just wanted to call in just so the station doesn't have to worry about getting into any lawsuits for illegally obtaining my material. I just wanted to say I give you full approval for the promo. <laughs> Thank this you. you could, this way, nobody from the station has to go to Moron and Moron for counseling. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you. But you, what if you cut yourself on razor wire, though, in the course of somebody saying, great, great impression of Joe Cordell, and you get distracted, you turn around, next thing you know, pfft. You're cutting razor wire. Then you go to moron and moron, right? Then you go to moron and moron, and we'll be happy to, uh, to, to, to give you that cash settlement that you deserve because <laughs> we don't need any. Those, those cuts can get infections, yes. and it gets nasty. And so I think you, you really it... need to have professional guidance there and see somebody at moron and moron, and uh, they will take care of you. You know, and I think you make a great point as Joe Cordell, the fake Joe Cordell, of course, which is really that divorced men are probably more likely to run into razor wire. <laughs> And get cut on it, don't you think? There's a lot of wives out there putting up razor wire to try to keep their husbands in, and they're trying to escape so they don't have to pay half. And that's what happens. They get cut on the wire, and they bleed. It's an unfortunate situation. But that's okay. Just call Moron a Moron, and we'll take care of you. Uh, and also, too, I mean, what happens, you know, if a wife builds, puts razor wire around the house to try to keep the husband from visiting his gumata? <laughs> that could happen too. We cover that too. <laughs> you just call Moron a Moron. We'll represent you and we'll get you the band aids and the coverage you need. But please, again, with a disclaimer. Once again, Chris, uh, Rich. Well, uh, we just need your disclaimer one more time, please. To repeat the disclaimer? Oh, geez, I don't have it right now. It's just um, I'm not licensed in your state <laughs> or any state <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> No, I, I don't have it written. I don't have it prepared right now. No, no. Just all you got to say is, in his voice, I'm not licensed in your state or in any state for that matter. Go ahead, Greg. This is 
Joe Cordell from Cordell Cordell, <laughs> I'm not licensed in your state, or for any state for that matter, but Perfect. that's okay. Nailed it. There, but nailed it. That's all we needed. Thank you, Greg. Listen, you have a great day. We appreciate your contributions to the show, and have a safe drive home. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. All right, buddy. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in. Uh, excellent stuff today. Good, good stuff. We got a lot. We got a lot of coverage of um, the razor wire thing. But Christy Nome, man, I just sent you this clip. Governor Christy Nome is now offering to bring razor wire to Texas, which is very, very nice of her. Uh, she's she's literally offering to bring South Dakotan razor wire to Texas. So obviously, moron and moron needs to be prepared. For the influx of calls they are about to receive, because this whole razor wire thing is about to get nuts. You know what I mean? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Take a listen. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk about this. This is incredibly important. And Governor Abbott has done the exact right thing. And I'll drive him more razor wire from South Dakota if I have to for him to do his job. What people forget is that governors are commanders in chief. We're responsible for the men and women of our National Guard. It's a heavy responsibility that weighs on our shoulders. And so we never engage our National Guard soldiers and those men and women unless it's incredibly important and if we feel that we have the constitutional authority to do that in this situation. Over two years ago, I declared it a war zone at the southern border, just how it was impacting South Dakota. And I'm a long ways away from South Dakota. My guard has been down there on multiple deployments supporting the Texas National Guard. Our border patrol agents do not support what President Biden is doing. Our ICE people on the ground do not support what President Biden is doing. Democrats in this country do not support what President Biden is doing at the southern border. And they disagree with him fundamentally. He's so out of touch. He is remaking this country. We will be Europe within a year or two if we allow President Biden to continue this invasion of our country. Over six million people have come here illegally. It is time to stand our ground, and we'll be down there standing shoulder to shoulder with Governor Abbott. Good. And bring in South Dakota and razor wire. I think she'd look... Christy Nome is not too hard on the eyes. I think she'd look pretty good. She has all those commercials where she acts like a plumber. And a carpenter <laughs> yes. puts on overalls and gets under the sink and everything like this. I think she'd look pretty good dressed up in razor wire like that movie. A number of people yesterday on Twitter sent us, uh, I guess it was Pamela Anderson who played Barb Wire. I think it was a character or something like that. I've never seen the movie, but Pamela Anderson played a character I think called Barb Wire, something like that. <laughs> I, I did see Sid tweet that yesterday. Sid tweeted that, right? Yeah. It's a 1996 movie. Uh, it got 3.5 stars, action, sci-fi. Out of 10 or 5? Uh, out of 5. It's not too bad, uh, I think. During the second American Civil War in 2017, Barb Wire owns a nightclub called The Hammerhead. Things become complicated when her ex-lover, Axel Hood, who's married to the fugitive Karina Devonshire, re-enters her life. And barbed wire. So I'm saying Christy Nome could come down dressed like <laughs> Pamela Anderson in barbed wire in full leather on a motorcycle with barbed wire in tow and drop it off of the Texas border. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This, I'm, I just Googled this film. I can't tell if this is an actual movie or if it's an adult. What is this? No, it's a movie movie. Pamela Anderson's a... Not a porn star. <laughs> I can't tell. I mean, there's that one thing, right? Wasn't there? Tom, Tom was that? Was that her and Tommy Lee? Yeah, I think so. Was it? Was it her? But yeah, I think she is. No, she was like Baywatch and everything of. like this. 
No, barbed right. wire. Well, let me see. let's go to Rotten Tomatoes and see how barbed wire did. Because I'm I might I might be watching this movie tonight. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, twenty eight on the tomato meter and the audience score gave it a fourteen percent. Okay, so not too good. No, not too good. Maybe skip this one. I don't know. Pamela Anderson, head to toe, skin tight leather, barbed wire, motorcycle, Harley. I'm just saying. And if Christy Nome does that, again, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think she'd be a shoo-in for vice president at that point. How do you not pick her at that point? If she comes down to Texas on a Harley dressed in full leather with razor wire in tow and Trump doesn't pick her, then I'm not voting. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. <laughs> I say at that point, we replace him at the convention and make Christy Nome president for life. That may happen. Yeah. You want to talk about a dictator. <laughs> but everyone would be cool with it. Uh, they would be cool with it, actually. They'd be fine with it. They'd be like, all right. <laughs> this this works. Uh, here's Senator Ted Cruz, of course, a senator from Texas. Uh, last night on with Laura Ingraham on Fox News. Cut number nine. Standoff on the border. Governor Abbott is now going after the Biden administration for its you know, failure to secure the yes. border uh, and saying that Texas is going to continue to take the border security issue into its own hands. They put up more of the razor wire. Yep. I mean, is this a come and take it Alamo a- moment here? Absolutely. Come and try to take it away. Yes. Look, Joe Biden deliberately has caused this invasion of Texas and the United States. 9.6 million illegal immigrants. I'm proud of our governor. I'm proud of our legislature. We're defending Texas and defending this country. And Joe Biden is suing Texas, trying to stop us. Um, Mitch McConnell looks like he's saying this uh, this deal is not go- not going too well. For it, this. it shouldn't it's, it's go over, too well. It's, it it's a terrible deal. Look. There, there is a lot of, of the D.C. establishment that wants this deal, but it's designed not to solve the problem. I'm telling my colleagues, do not do any deal that fails to secure the border. Exactly. We got to fix the problem yeah. or give up yeah. on it. Mayorkas isn't going to enforce he, this border. He, he wants it worse. Yeah. It's not only that yeah. Mayorkas won't fix it. He wants it worse, which is why I'm fighting. We got to secure the border. You know who can secure the border? Barb Gnome. Barb Wire Gnome. No, Christy Wire. Uh, trying to think of the best way to put this, but that was pretty good. Christy Wire. So. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of. It kind of works, I guess, but, you know. Uh, Jacques Gary, let's do our social media check in, courtesy of Terry Hovavo. Did you cover Peter Navarro? I'm sick over it. I just tuned in. Listen, buddy, if you tune in late, you can always do the Odyssey re- Rewind. You're welcome to do that. I did mention it at the start of the show. Um, around 310 if you're looking for it yeah around 310 if you'd like to go back in time and take a look at it um but get here on time you know what i mean there's no excuse this would be again like joe biden can you can you play the full clip of joe biden whisper yell please because i'm gonna yell at jacques gary right now yeah here it is in joe biden fashion corporate america found the cheapest labor in the world and they sent the jobs to those laborers and sent the product back to us. But not anymore. We're building product here and shipping it overseas. Ready? Hang on. Buy America and build America. I mean it. Okay, ready? Jacques Gary, if you tune in late, you might miss a topic that I talked about. So get here at 3 o'clock for the start of the show. And if you're not here at 3 o'clock, you hit the Odyssey Rewind. What do you want me to tell you? (laughs) 
Um, it's worth noting that we've played that clip at least a half dozen times now, and not once have you made it all the way to the end. I can't. <laughs> Snowbody Gal says, for the love of God, Matt, make him stop. Go to break. Hashtag barbed wire. <laughs> make him stop. All right. Maybe I'm getting a little carried away here, but <laughs> I'm just saying. And my Marvel advisor, Brian Glass, uh, telling me that barbed wire is based on a dark horse comic. The comic and movie have little in common. The movie plot is a total ripoff of Casablanca. Wow. What? I had no idea that the movie plot is a total ripoff of Casablanca. Wow. I just watched the trailer, and I can't imagine there's very much that those two films have in common. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to understand it, you know, but um, wow. All right. Nevertheless, the remake of Barbed Wire starring Governor Christy Noem is going to be awesome. It's my third film in my trilogy. Cocaine White House Dogs, Escape from Georgia, and <laughs> Christy Wire. <laughs> I don't know. And you got a new law firm. <laughs> you got, got a, a lot going firm. on. Got a lot going on. Now we should maybe focus on the radio show a little bit, huh? <laughs> Instead of all these outside distractions. Just saying. Uh, and, and also to uh, the, the question, of course, John Kirby was asked the question on board Air Force One. I've been telling you for days. I think that ultimately this would be the dumbest political decision of all time if they do this, but they very well might. And Greg Abbott is very good at poking the bear here. Is the administration considering federalizing the Texas National Guard, which certainly they have the right to do as commander in chief, Joe Biden can federalize them is that something that he's thinking of doing or i should rather say is that something that john kirby is thinking of doing since john kirby is actually obviously really running this country right now cut number eight administration considering federalizing the texas national guard i talked about this the other day i don't have any decisions uh, uh with respect to that to speak to uh, for the for the president um uh, no, I, I don't have anything on that I got, I got, I got nothing. I got, uh, I got them gots here, as they say. And Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked the question on CNN. Why not just federalize the National Guard? Cut number seven. It doesn't seem like they've gotten it. Uh, they now are allowed to cut down razor wire. Yeah. Some Democrats are saying the president needs to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard. Do it. So let's do it. Happen. I mean, look, I'll say this, Uh, you know, the Border Patrol agents are now, as you said, allowed to cut through the wire because of what the Supreme Court has laid out. It's it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the at the border to do their job. And so we have been very clear. We want to make sure we get something done at the border. That's why we've been having these conversations with Senate Republicans and Democrats for the past several weeks to come up with a bipartisan agreement right. to deal with the border. And look, if that the governor's not interested in that. Governor Abbott is not interested in that. He wants to politicize an issue and he's not helping communities. He actually isn't. And he's actually putting Border Patrol agents in harm's way by doing what he's doing. I'm not going to speak to any actions that the president might take, may not take, but we have been very clear on this. Okay. Uh, Last social media check-in courtesy of Cherry Hill Vavo. John Housen, dude, he says, forget Christy Wire. It's Christy Razor. Christy Razor. Christy Gnome comes down, full leather on a Harley, barbed wire in tow, 
razor wire and toe. So instead of Barb, we're doing razor. So razor wire and toe, Christy Razor, the sequel to Barb Wire, and she goes down there to Texas, drops off the razor wire. I'm telling you right now, boom, that is a hit. And we are working on production of that movie right after the show concludes today at 7 p.m. 855-839-1210. Listen, Dr. Mike Venaria is going to give you the smile of your dreams. What are you waiting for? Go see him today. VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. VenariaDental.com. He's my dentist. He's my friend. And if you want to look and feel great in 2024, nothing makes you look and feel better than your appearance and having that beautiful smile. I've been telling you about Dr. Mike for years. My entire family goes to Dr. Venaria because the level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient is unmatched. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations, and that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. So if you've been on the fence about getting that dental procedure done, reach out to Dr. Mike today. You have a choice, a clear choice for you and your family. Give Dr. Venaria a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. With two locations to serve you in Cinnamonson and Woodbury, schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020 or visit VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here, Daniel Turner is going to join us from Power of the Future at 5 o'clock. He'll be here. Uh, some good news on the personal liberty front. Amazon is uh, going to stop giving police doorbell footage without a warrant. Saw this at Reason.com. Amazon's Ring, I guess. I guess Amazon owns Ring. I didn't realize that, but um, the. It's a victory for privacy rights. The country's leading video doorbell company announced this week it would no longer give law enforcement agencies direct access to customers' footage. Ring, which is owned by Amazon, offers a companion app called Neighbors, which lets users upload and share footage captured by their Ring video doorbells and surveillance cameras. The company touts that Neighbors improves safety and fosters a sense of community. Ring debuted the Request for Assistance tool in 2021, a Neighbors feature through which law enforcement agencies could request information or video from users. Ring noted at the time that, quote, you always have total control over your experience. Requests for assistance posts are opt-in. Nothing is shared with any agency unless you actively go through the steps of choosing to do so. That's fine. Eric Kuhn, who runs Neighbors, wrote on the site's blog this week that Ring would be sunsetting the request for assistance tool. He noted that public safety agencies like fire and police departments can still use the Neighbors app to share helpful safety tips, updates, and community events, but they will no longer be able to use the tool to request and receive video in the app. He didn't specifically say why Ring was choosing to shutter the tool, but it was a potential civil liberties nightmare. Police departments could access users' Ring footage without a warrant. While Ring insisted that users had total control over who had access to their footage, The law enforcement request page on Amazon's website included a bright red submit emergency request button and Amazon's law enforcement guidelines noted that the company reserves the right to respond immediately to urgent law enforcement requests for information in cases involving a threat to public safety or risk of harm to any person. 
So obviously the, the question then becomes, is it really an emergency or is it not really an emergency? And this is where you get into the issue of having to use warrants. Now, look, I think that it's, it's probably a situation where if there is a dire public emergency, you know, the, the, the active shooter scenario or something like that, I, I think exceptions can certainly be made. You know, you, 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 you deal with that in the moment, but that's rare. You know what I mean? When the government starts getting access to our, our, our data, it tends to not be the, uh, the, the active shooter scenario, the guy with the bomb in the public square scenario. Those are the things that they, they bring up as the examples. But usually it just tends to be ways to just figure out, you know, who's putting the wrong things in the garbage cans and things like that. that the town can access and, you know, other nonsense. It becomes, you know, the usual chop busting stuff that we see from government all the time. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's why we use warrants to adjust and constrain government. It's not that complicated, you know. And if there if really is an emergency situation that you need, then that's where you call a judge and get a warrant. I mean, if again, if there's an active, everybody understands if there's a crisis going on, you know, there's a guy with a bomb in the village square. Certainly that's one scenario. I don't think anybody would really have an issue with, but it's, that's not what we're typically talking about on a day-to-day basis here. And we always have to remember that whenever the government starts screaming about keeping you safe, it tends to be using these things to spy on us. And as we've seen on the federal level, certainly for political purposes, to say the least. 855-839-1210. we got a big 5 o'clock hour straight ahead for you, including a new poll that shows Joe Biden's in deep, deep trouble with Hispanic voters. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Oh, a new poll out is not looking good for Joe Biden. Ouch. It's not looking good. And 25 Republican governors sign on a letter of support to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And of course, as you know, some even offering to bring him razor wire. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us today. This is a um, very, very tense moment in America. I think that if Joe Biden federalizes the National Guard and has them remove razor wire along the southern border, it will be one of the biggest political blunders in American political history. No, we're not going to have a civil war. We're not going to see states secede from the union. But I think Biden is dumb enough that he would probably do that, in which case then the Texas National Guard would be under the control of the commander in chief. And if they start taking down the razor wire and everybody sees it on TV and the, you know, Joe Biden is ordering razor wire to come down along the border. I I think, I think that is going to be one of the dumbest political decisions that he could ever possibly make. And he's just that politically stupid. He might. So Greg Abbott is baiting him to do it. Uh, Kirby's getting asked. You see Kirby dodging it. I think Kirby's a lot more politically savvy than people realize. And I think he knows how politically stupid that would be as well. I mean, you're trying to you're talking about securing the southern border. If the commander in chief federalizes the Texas National Guard and then 
at that point, they're the army technically. And then, you know, tells them, take down this razor wire, tear down this razor wire. That's, <laughs> I mean, you talk about, this is, this is not sending in the, the National Guard to escort black kids into a schoolhouse. That's not what this is. As much as Joy Reid will try to make it out like that, that's not what this is. This is not an Eisenhower moment. This would be one of the biggest political disasters. So I hope he does, just for that reason alone. Uh, joining me now to discuss a brand new poll that's out. He's always always great to have him on the show. Daniel Turner is founder and executive director of Power of the Future and an all-around great guy. Daniel Turner, how are you doing today, buddy? <laughs> it's always good to be on with you, and it's a great way to hit the 5 o'clock hour because now I can be drunk with joy, and then I can be drunk, period. <laughs> that's very good. Um, well, listen, you got to have goals. You know, you got to have ambitions. <laughs> and, uh, but just out of curiosity, what is the Thursday beverage of choice? And congratulations on not doing dry January, by the way. Oh, come on. You know, I mean, I admire people who have goals and you want to get in better shape and all of that. But but as Ben Franklin said, that God, uh, beer or alcohol is one of the proofs that God is real and that he loves us. And so, yeah, I would never I would never give it up completely. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh, tell me about this new poll that came out. It's very troubling for Hispanic voters. I mean, for Joe Biden yeah. among Hispanic voters. Well, this is a poll we did um, it just concluded last week, and it's really just the state of New Mexico. And we did it because, you know, New Mexico is the second largest oil and gas producer in the nation. I don't know if your listeners knew that. Um, uh, it's critically important to our economy, but it's kind of a state that we don't think about all that often and we don't talk about. Um, but for, for what I do for a living, which is fossil fuels, New Mexico is vital. And right off the bat, I'll tell you, we never base our our messaging, our beliefs on polls. Like, this is the truth, and I don't care if the poll says that everyone thinks the sky is green or everyone thinks Leah Thomas is a woman. I don't care what the polls say. The truth is the truth. But we do like to do polling to get a baseline of where people are and what they're understanding. So it was a poll for the state of New Mexico. What are your thoughts on the fossil fuel industry? What are your thoughts on the election in general? Um, And New Mexico is, per capita, the largest uh, Hispanic state in the nation. And surprise, surprise, Hispanics are just like the rest of us, right? I, I mean, that may surprise a lot of Democrat operatives, but they care deeply about crime. They're worried about the economy, and they are completely underwater. Joe Biden is completely underwater with them. Overwhelming numbers about how much they disapprove of the job he's doing um, and, and how much they disapprove of, of his handling of the economy. 63 to 36 63% of this of the Hispanics we we interviewed disagree or d- disapprove of Joe Biden's numbers and you know as we get into the election and your campaign manager is looking at the 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 soccer mom and the 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 Hispanic you know they kind of lump these folks in big categories and think Hispanics are this weird outlier and we have to target them specifically nope they're just like the rest of us. They, 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 they want jobs. They want financial security. They're tired of paying $4 a dozen for eggs. Um, and they are not big fans of Joe Biden and, and what he's done in these last three years. You know, and I would also think, too, that uh, they're not happy with the invasion of the southern border. I mean, I said this earlier. If a bunch of Italians started coming in, I'm not going to suddenly become open borders you know, just because they're my people. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, the, the media makes it out to be like that, but it's really not the case. I mean, you have all these Hispanic ranchers down in Texas now who are turning around and saying, yeah, we'll take barbed wire. We'll put it on our private property. Uh, it, it really is is incredibly problematic for Joe Biden that Hispanic yeah. voters do not support open borders because that's clearly what this administration is all about. And another thing, yeah. too, and that and that goes to the law and order issue, which is that when they turn around and see the mess that this is making and they they know that drugs are coming in, they see the trafficking that's happening. All of those things. I mean, they collide with family values. They collide with law and order. It's all playing out right there. Rand, New Mexico yeah. is a perfect state for it. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's very well said. And, and again, as you're trying to build a campaign and you you're trying to get this guy reelected, well, you've noticed they've dropped the Bidenomics as a talking point. Right. I mean, they'll still bring it out every now and then. And yes, the stock market is high. And that's great news for the, I think, 15 percent of Americans who have money in the stock market. But for a lot of Americans, you know, if, again, if you're paying four dollars a dozen for eggs or you're still paying over three dollars a gallon for gas, doesn't really matter how the Dow closed today because that's not your 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 day to day. So you'll see the administration, or you'll see his excuse me his campaign team try to craft these messages. And Bidenomics hasn't worked, and and everybody knows it. New Mexico knows it, and and again, it's why my organization exists because energy undergirds everything, and making energy expensive for three straight years, and no one can deny that energy is more expensive or, or, or cheaper now than it was three years ago. Every, everyone knows that energy is expensive under Joe Biden. But how is that done for the overall economy, right? How, how has that worked for the green agenda? And why should we give this guy four more years of his green agenda? They can't point to air quality being better or water quality being better or, or any other factor that they use to scare us that the world is going to end because of climate change, but but they can point to the fact that life is really, really expensive under Joe Biden. And I wonder how much more patience the American people have for this expensive lifestyle, right, for this cause, the climate cause. How much more expensive does it have to be? How much longer do we have to feel this pain before things go back to, quote, unquote, normal? Hispanics, African-Americans, boring old white Italians like you and I, uh, we all see eye to eye on this. We don't like the expensive life Joe Biden has given us. No, we don't. And and when I read the other day that the Biden administration is considering a ban on liquid natural gas exports, I thought to myself, boy, I mean, this yeah. guy is just so hell bent on destroying America. For example, I mean, a liquid natural gas export outside of Philadelphia would be outstanding for the region. It would it would create yeah. jobs. It would help us beat bad guys around the world. You know, we keep hearing about Putin, what a bad guy he is. He keeps selling his natural gas to France, which is a country we keep hearing that he's going to conquer one day. But France keeps buying it. And all of these other countries around the world, China, Iran, all these other countries, mm-hmm. they're they're happily selling their natural gas. And we we have an administration right now that's talking about possibly putting a ban on U.S. liquid natural gas exports. Are we kidding? Yeah. And that's a great point for the wonderful men and women in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania who have a huge senatorial election up this year. Uh, You're an enormous oil, uh, natural gas producer, oil producer too, but natural gas, you're the second largest natural gas producer after Texas. Um, Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth should ask Bob Casey, what have you done to protect our natural gas exports. And Bob Casey will tell you, I stood up to special interests and I 
fight so that all Pennsylvanians can have a better tomorrow. That's all crap, right? He can't point to anything he's done, so he's going to give you platitudes. It's the same with my senator here in Virginia, Tim Kaine, who's up for re-election. You look at Tim Kaine's website, it's, I believe in tomorrow and love the children. Well, what the hell does that mean when your number one source of economic development for the state of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the natural gas industry, is under attack? Show me, where do you stand, Bob Casey, with LNG export terminals? Where do you stand on pipelines? Show me some legislation you've authored to protect both of those industries or to advance those industries, and the guy can't. Right. He can't because he's been asleep for the past six years, but he wants to get reelected because it's a very cushy job and he gets to travel around the world and, and, and people clap when he walks in a room. And, 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 you know, who wouldn't want to be a senator if you're Bob Casey? You don't have to actually do anything for the men and women of Pennsylvania. But, you know, 500,000 people work in that industry in, 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 in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And those folks and their moms and dads and husbands and wives and kids of voting age have to wonder, do I want to vote for a senator who's going to support this job or do I want to vote for a senator who's just going to rubber stamp the radical green agenda of Joe Biden? Daniel Turner's with me. He is the executive director and the founder of Power of the Future. And uh, it's great to have him on the show today. Joe Biden's in trouble with Hispanic voters in New Mexico, big time. You know, the other big story, too, that's coming out, the United Auto Workers endorsed Joe Biden. Um, Mm -hmm. Sean Fain, who's a complete Marxist, he comes out and he admits that most of his members, the the great majority (laughs) of them, are not going to vote for Joe Biden. But the union still backs him. And I think that the Manhattan Institute president said it very, very well when he said, look, you know, you guys bought this endorsement. Let's let's be honest here. The Biden administration yeah. paid for this endorsement by giving them billions of dollars in subsidies. But the subsidies aren't working. And we now have more layoffs that are coming out around the EV industry. Um, Ford losing a ton of money. I mean, you know, this this is a disaster for the American auto worker. It is. And, and think of the disdain that you have for your members, if that's your attitude. It would honestly be like, I am sure you have to sit down at business meetings with, with the station network owners. And if someone said, hey, look, we're going to run all these uh, Dallas Cowboy and New York Giant ads on Rich's show. And you'd be like, well, but I think my audience really is not going to like it. And they were like, we don't give a damn about your audience. You're like, well, what does that say about the folks who, who do you even care about the members, right? It, it, it's so offensive for him to say, yeah, the, the, the union, the, the, the working stiffs, they're going to vote for, for Trump, but I don't care. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to endorse the other guy. How much do you dislike the men and women who are part of your union to have that attitude? Yeah, exactly right. It's like, I know that you guys won't agree with this, but I'm doing it anyway because I don't care about you. <laughs> And I also don't have to work for a living. I'm, I'm my full time job is the union president. So, yeah. you know, I get to run around and, and take meetings and I don't have to worry about any of you poor schlubs on the assembly line. But I tell yeah. you, this is and, this and- is something that I think is a very big deal around the country. And that is that. And I remember this in 2016, too. You know, I'd walk by job sites and all these union guys. They had Trump stickers on their hats. You know, the 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 union workers outside of the teachers union and outside of the government unions. The workers themselves, whatever their bosses in the union leadership wind up doing, the workers, the actual people in the union, they don't vote for the Democrats, despite the endorsements. It's the same with the cops union, too. No, and and the the, the party officials or the union officials hate them for it. 
Um, and, and, you know, the, and the media hates them for it. And, and the Democrat operatives hate them for it. There is a genuine disdain for the working men and women. It's why they call it flyover country. It's why comedians make fun of it. It's why Bill Maher always mocks those those parts of the world right they they call them coastal elites for a reason they don't care about the men and women who actually get their hands dirty for a living um you know you should all just be quiet and let us do our job it's quite frankly the attitude of people like john Kerry with his climate conferences you know you should have to turn off your electricity or your gas-powered stove or you should drive the car i tell you to drive because you're you and I'm John Kerry and, and you don't have the it's my job to lord power over you. It's my job to lord authority over you. It's quite frankly why in your wonderful city almost 250 years ago a bunch of guys got together and said yeah I think we've had enough of that um, and, and, and boy we need a little bit of that spirit back especially uh, this November. I'd be remiss if I did not ask you about what the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities did yesterday, uh, which we knew they were going to do, which was to award two new massive wind turbine projects off yeah. the Jersey Shore. Uh, this is this is bad for whales and dolphins, for the region, for tourism, for everybody, and it's also not going to solve our energy needs. Period. No, and it's also a bad economic decision because the reason why Orsted, the world's largest offshore wind developer, pulled out of New Jersey is because they said, yeah, this isn't going to work. You know, but, but they don't know as, as much as elected officials in New Jersey, right? The businesses, the markets don't. It's the same attitude with the EV mandates, right? People aren't buying them. That's okay. Make them buy them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the free spirit. Right. So, yeah, it's it's not only a bad decision for, for wildlife and for offshore activities and fishermen uh, and, of course, for lots of whales. Um, it's just a bad economic decision. But none of that matters. Right. When you have a political agenda and the climate agenda is political, then your goals are political. They don't have to stand up to the markets. They don't have to stand up to morality or freedom. They just have to win political uh, objectives, and they pat themselves on the back as a result. So, yeah, it will be devastating for Jersey, no doubt, and the entire Eastern Seaboard. But but they get to feel good about it, Rich, and isn't that important? Well, I want to remind you, though, remember, Daniel Turner, dead whales don't vote. Dead Democrats vote, but not dead whales. So who the hell cares? <laughs> That's an excellent point. And, and they vote many, many times as well. <laughs> And we, get, we and we got to see what happens this November. How many of them show up to the ballot box? So <laughs> we know in Philadelphia, election day is really the true night of Halloween when they all come out. Uh, but nowadays, election season, so it's the season of the witch. You know, lots of fun. Always a pleasure, my friend. Can't wait for you to come back in Philly. We'll grab a drink together and uh, we will toast to hopefully better days ahead. No doubt about it. Daniel Turner, Power of the Future. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Rich. It's the five o'clock happy hour. On the Rich Zioli Show. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. A premier full-service resort and conference center. GrandHotelCapeMay.com Now, this is a interesting story right now. <clears throat> Let me get, um, I'm gonna get Henry's opinion on this because I think Henry Machette, my associate producer, may have some thoughts on this. Not to say Matt DeSink that COVIDist won't, but I just want to... Uh, I'm just curious what Henry thinks about this. So a woman went on a date and this happened in 2018. She goes on a date with this guy, uh, went back to his apartment and everything was going well. Then they started doing bong hits with marijuana. 
Then she experienced an adverse reaction from the marijuana and suffered what is known as cannabis-induced psychotic disorder. During that psychotic break, she stabbed the guy like 150 times or something like that, eventually killing him and getting blood all over herself. The next morning, officers arrived to find Amelia in a pool of blood, the woman screaming hysterically while still holding a knife in her hands. As officers tried to disarm her, she plunged the knife into her neck. They used a taser and several baton blows before they were able to finally disarm her. A long serrated bread knife was taken from her hands. The guy was pronounced dead at the scene. Now, today, she was given probation. No prison time in this murder. No prison time, just probation. The judge finding that the marijuana was basically the reason that she had this marijuana-induced psychotic disorder, psychotic moment. Uh, And so for that reason, she avoids jail for fatally stabbing a man over 100 times during cannabis psychosis. The father of the victim said the judge has given anyone who smokes marijuana a license to kill after the sentencing. She's she's got probation, two years of probation, 100 hours of community service, and that's it. Thoughts? (laughs) I mean, that's pure craziness. What? I, I don't care what kind of psychosis. You stabbed someone a hundred times? Yeah. Probation? Like you didn't get sent <clears throat> to the loony bin? Well, that's the other point, right? It's not even a situation where she's being sent to a mental institution, the loony bin, where she tried to escape and cut herself on razor wire. Yeah. She gets two years probation and then has to do a hundred hours of community service for murder. Murder. It's not even like 50 years of probation. You know what I mean? Two years of probation. And the judge basically said, yeah, it wasn't really her fault because of the of the marijuana. She she wasn't aware of her actions because they had experts who said this is a cannabis induced psychotic disorder. Now, I guess my question is, in the old days, if you wanted to kill somebody, you had to hire a hitman, which is a lot of work because you got to go through, you know, is it really a hitman? Is it a cop? You know what I mean? You got payment cash, got to take out cash. You know what I'm saying? Matt DeSantis, it's not easy. A good hitman, you know, 10 grand just as a down payment. It's a lot of work. Nowadays, what I would do is if I wanted somebody dead, I'm just going to do a couple bong hits, kill them, and claim marijuana-induced psychosis. Well, you can't do it now because you just admitted to it on air, but in theory it would have worked. Well, no, this is the basic instinct thing. Would I be would I be dumb enough to kill somebody after I just admitted how I'm going to do it on the air? Oh, no. That's a good idea, yeah. Right. So good then, twist. Yeah, it's a good plot twist. <laughs> Another movie I'm making, Basic Instinct 3, where I will be the one doing the flashing. Now. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Or maybe that's yeah. not. That chair? Prob- yeah, not. Oh. Yeah, probably not. As no. well. yeah, <laughs> that's really, not going to do well at the box not, that's, office. That, that plot twist is not going <laughs> to no. go well. That won't. It, will Sharon Stone be in the film at all, or is it just you? That's <clears throat> a great question. I don't know. I haven't, my people have not reached out to Miss okay. Stone yet. We just you know came up with the idea, of, what, eight seconds ago. So we will... <laughs> I didn't know what your creative vision was, though. Yeah, I think we have a new, it's a new generation <laughs> of, um. You got, you still got to get like Wayne Knight to be in there really sweaty and stuff. Wayne Knight, a hundred percent has to be in it. Even if we have to use that original scene from the movie. Yeah. He, like, you know what I'm saying? Even if we got to like artificially create, recreate it or just use that scene. I don't care. Either way, that scene has to be in the movie. No doubt about it. 
And Samuel L. Jackson has to be in it as well. Because wasn't he also in the in the scene with Wayne Knight, if I'm not mistaken, in the room when Sha- Sharon Stone does the flashing? Uh, I thought they were in Jurassic Park together, which is a very different oh, maybe, movie. Well, that's true, too. I know that because that's, you know, hold on to your butts. <laughs> Didn't say the magic word. But this, I mean, this seems to to me to be the ultimate get out of jail free card. All you got to do is get stoned and turn around and say it was the marijuana. Who who are these experts that deemed like it was psychosis? And then who is this judge? I, I think that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, where, I, where are these ex? What experts are these on what? It's it, I mean, this, this is it's California, so that tells you something about the judge. That's number one. Number two, the I, they, I mean, you get an expert in anything. A defense attorney can, you know, pay a Didn't fifty you say grand. In there, the expert. Sure. I mean, I, I'll be an expert in, on anything in court. I, I'm I'm an expert on cannabis induced psychosis, Your Honor. I've written about this, and I actually, it's true. I mean, it, it is a thing where pot today is a lot stronger than it used to be. And there's, I, I mean, I had dinner sure. with one of our Zeoli Army members who is, he works as a forensic psychiatrist. And he told me that night over dinner, I won't use his name, but he said that night over dinner that more and more times he has to go into court on these issues because people get high on pot. It used to be angel dust, PCP, you know Um, what I mean? Yeah. To quote trading places, angel dust, PCP, but now it's pot. So there is this issue where he said there is a rise in violence of people using marijuana, which, you know, I mean, you, you think about the, the notion of it from the 60s and Cheech and Chong and, you know, it was everybody was chilling out and eating Doritos. What's that? This makes me think of Reefer Madness. Yeah. Or what was the movie with um, Chappelle and uh, uh, Half-Baked? Half-Baked. Yeah. With um, our buddy Jim Brewer. Yeah. But but now they're saying that the strains of marijuana today are much stronger and they lead to people being psychotic and i'm sure it's real that people can change their personality like any other drug it can have effects but it also seems to me like based on this sentence this is a way for people to plan a murder and get get out of it I read that part of the defense's argument was that she loved her dog. She was obsessed with her dog. And the dog also was fatal, uh, fatally stabbed to death. So, All right, so you got to kill the dog, too. I mean, you know. No witnesses. Yeah. You, can't, you can't afford that. Well, the argument was that it's highly inconsistent with, um, with behavior that she's exhibited in the past. It's, I, I don't buy it, for the record. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. A hundred times. A hundred times. In stab him yeah. a hundred times. A hundred times, and the next morning woke up or was there when the police got there holding the knife in her hand, crying hysterically. They had a taser for her to drop the knife. They hit her with a baton, too. Yeah. The victim's father said, I think it set an absolute terrible precedent in the state of California where it's okay to kill somebody after you smoke marijuana. Does it set a precedent? I don't know if it does, but it's certainly a case that defense counsels will cite when asking for probation in a case like this. See, that, I mean, the, the other part about this that really bothers me is that she has to do four... The judge, If she violates her probation, she'll have to do four years of prison time. That's it. Four years. So it's... Number one, the probation period is only two years. That's number one. I don't know why it's not for the rest of her life. And then number two... 
It's if she violates parole, her probation, that she's got to serve four years in prison for the crime of killing this man. Seems to me like it would be, all right, you're on probation for the rest of your life. And by the way, if you break the law, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? But I'm not saying probation where you get a speeding ticket or something like that, but if you, vi- you know, make the terms of the probation be if you commit a crime, at the very least, it would be you're going to prison for the rest of your life because you're clearly you're clearly somebody who pulled a con job here and you're a bad person. You're a murderer. Am I missing something here? No. She was also sen- sentenced to 100 hours of community service if... <laughs> an hour, an hour that, per stab. Yeah, if that. Also, <laughs> an I, hour per stab. Yeah, exactly. I, if I'm in Thousand Oaks, I'm not entirely sure I want this woman wandering around my community. I think I'd rather she stay home. Well, that's a good point. Would you want, you know, uh, what, oh, oh, is that the crazy marijuana knife killer picking up trash along the highway? I'm good. <laughs> you think she'll smoke again? I, I, but that's, after the probation, obviously. I, 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 it's legal in California. Would that be violating her probation? I don't know. I don't Probably can't not. Be on any drugs during the probation? I mean, like afterwards, like you know, two years down the line. Oh, hundred percent. She's going to smoke and probably kill people. Um, one hundred and eight stab wounds is a serious crime. There were a bunch of people protesting. The other thing too is that during the community service period, she has to devote most of her time. I kid you not. This is almost like something out of a out of a a, a terrible movie or something. Educating people about the dangers of marijuana. Like, take it from me. I mean, talk about that PSA. Take it from me. You don't want to smoke pot, kids, because you might stab your boyfriend over a hundred times and then be on two years of probation. It's just, this is, I mean, this is nuts. This is crazy. I mean, honestly, stories like this, they don't surprise me anymore. We, We talked about this before. Like, something like this comes up once a week nowadays. It sort of feels like it, right? Yeah. Cannabis-induced psychotic disorder, which apparently is a real thing, I guess. But isn't everything a real thing? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, if I drink too many Red Bulls, I want to kill somebody. Can I use that as a defense if I kill somebody? Your you, Caffeine's a drug. It's a drug? Why not? I don't think it's Schedule 1, like marijuana, but... Wow. The other thing I would point out, though, in this case is that Considering how many people use marijuana and don't murder people, is that really something that 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 we're going to use as an excuse? And if that's the case, then what does that mean going forward for legalization, recreational use, et cetera, et cetera? Because the, 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 apparently there's 192 million users worldwide. And that was 2016. So imagine how much more that is now today. Mm-hmm. How many of them are killing people? I, I, I still can't imagine a lot. Like, I understand, you know, you tweak a little bit maybe and then you calm down, but like psychosis. And then and then and just a complete get out of jail free card. Yeah. Not even manslaughter. Not even 10 years for manslaughter. I I, I, I could understand a sentence like that. I, I, I might think it's still, a, 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 you know, a get out of jail free card, but at least you'd feel like there was some sense of justice in that. Like, all right, you weren't responsible for your actions, but... At the same time, you do have to pay. You took a man's life, so you're going to prison for ten years for a man. I don't know. It just the, nothing about the scales of justice seem seem to be uh, even right now in this entire thing. I mean, it's a it's a horrible case. It's a terrible tragedy. And at the same time, I'm I'm now entirely thinking who who I can kill and use as my excuse. I mean, <laughs> because that's the Italian in me, you know.
<laughs> what? A vendetta. So, yeah, well, I got a vendetta with somebody. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, let's finish this the old-fashioned way. Oh, your honor, I was marijuana-induced psychosis. How many people are going to use this as an excuse now? I assume everyone that gets in trouble 100%. while on marijuana will use it as an excuse. I just don't know how many other courtrooms are going to to buy uh, buy what they're selling. I hope very few. Well, well then, and then again, not even just murder, but what about other things? You got stoned and you uh, uh, stole a car. That's what I was yeah. wondering. Uh, if you were caught driving under the influence, could you make the case that you only got behind the wheel of the vehicle because the marijuana basically forced you to have this out-of-body body uh, experience? But but they also process... I mean, people who kill people when they're drunk, they go to jail. Mm-hmm. You don't get to turn around and go, I was drunk, and then therefore you get off uh, from, from, from murder... So, I I I, I understand. You know, it's like and then and that dinner I had with that with that uh, psychiatrist was fascinating. Yeah, Alex Berenson also wrote about this marijuana and psychosis. I mean, it is a real thing. It's all drugs are a real thing. But I thought in the old, I, I thought we understood as a society though that if you use drugs, and then you do something, you are held responsible for your actions. There is another part to this story that I'm reading now. So apparently her lawyers argued that she was involuntarily intoxicated, meaning that the guy she was with forced her to do the drugs. Forced her to do the drugs. I don't know. I got, how, how does I somebody force you to take a bomb? Like, yeah, that sounds like a dare class thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even as though, like, it, it, there was no physical force to be clear. Their argument is that she felt pressured and intimidated into doing the drugs with But her. she still did the drug. I, it's, it'd be different if the guy slipped her cannabis oil in her drink or something. No, that yeah. Then I think you're 100 percent in the clear. But but if you, I mean, if you put your hand on the bong and you inhale it and you, then you, and then you do something, you're responsible for your actions. I thought that was an understood rule in society. So I technically under California law, you are responsible for your actions, provided the intoxicant was not involuntary and in this instance their argument is that it, it was involuntary because she felt because, pressure to do it so yes. then if i say if i drive drunk and kill somebody and i say well i just felt pressure to do shots because everybody was doing shots <laughs> okay yeah that so then doesn't make sense I'm, to I'm, me. i was involuntarily intoxicated so then now i'm off the hook i guess according to this judge in this courtroom this judge is a be. nut this judge i mean it's california so i mean nothing surprises me it's not like this guy would have let manson off but I, I, it, the Manson family members, well, you know, they they were they felt pressure. They were intimidated. They felt the peer pressure. This judge is a lunatic. I, and and it, there's no appeal. I mean, that's it. So, wow. Unbelievable. All right. Well, we got that going. So that's the latest on that craziness. All right. 855-839-1210. There's going to be a lot of uh, reaction to this case. The decision was just handed down today. Um I, I, I feel terrible for the victim's family. I, I, I just, I can't imagine how they'd be feeling right now. And it just seems like society is not getting its pound of flesh here. And I've always said, vengeance under the law is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It, it, it's, it, it's okay. I mean, society is entitled to get its pound of flesh when there's a violent crime committed. And in this case... They're not getting it, I and mean, we're not getting it. Society's not. Certainly, the family's not. The, the you know the, the the dead man's not. But I also think this does set a horrible, horrible precedent here. No question about it. I'm not suggesting that cannabis does not play a role in psychosis 
or psychotic behavior. What I'm saying, though, is if it does and you do it and you you have to be held responsible for your actions, I have no doubt that it absolutely in this day and age can affect people like that. No doubt. But like anything else, I mean, if I sit home and I just slam shots of bourbon all night and then I I I, I get on I get behind a wheel, I'm like I, I have to be held responsible for my actions. Because I made the conscious decision to sit there and open a bottle of bourbon. Now, the good news, though, is that when I open a bottle of bourbon, I just sit home and cry. So I don't actually <laughs> go anywhere. But that's a whole other, you know, for another day. This is my career, you know. Uh, Jimmy Fallon got his own TV show and I'm, <laughs> and I'm sitting here still just in Philly. You know what I mean? So, well, that host is naturally syndicated, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so and I, and I don't go anywhere. You know, it's just that. I just uh, I just turn around and go, play it again. Play it again. All right, 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you want to weigh in today. The big story of the day today, though, is this case. And the big story is brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. We're coming right back. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Well, now you can murder somebody because you got high. Uh, as um, Broclem66 said, if one hit a pot can induce psychosis, and I don't know how many hits on the bong she had, but I think it was more than one. But I understand the point, though. How can California let it be legal? It's more dangerous than an assault rifle. It's an excellent point. I mean, when you think about the fact that marijuana psychosis is a recognized thing in California, and so the question then becomes, is it is it not then a a murder weapon potentially? California hates guns. I mean, they hate guns. They hate guns. But pot, they were one of the first states to legalize it. I'm not suggesting it shouldn't be legal, but what I'm saying is, under their logic, if one person, if you can save one life, I mean, isn't that what California always says? You know, you ban assault, quote, quote unquote, assault rifles, right, to save one life. I mean, using that logic of the left, well then. You know, how many lives could you save by banning pot because of marijuana induced cannabis induced psychosis? Again, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is this is where the left, as usual, makes no sense with anything that they ever argue. And that's a great point by Broclam66. Let's see what else now as we do our social media check in here um, on social media. Uh, Ron Paul was right, says the girl was diagnosed with schizophrenia after this happened, which causes the psychosis. You, you true, but that's not what the defense used. They used the cannabis-induced psychosis as the defense, not the fact that she was schizophrenic. So, um, and Sharon Kay says, new movie, Jane Bong, A License to Kill. Uh, that's very, very good. Sick. You got a sick sense of humor, but... I'd pay to see that. I, I like it. So that could be the fourth movie in my... It'll be like the Zioli Cinematic Universe. You know what I mean? That one's very good. That's very good. So we have um, Christy Razor. We have Cocaine White House Dogs. Escape from Georgia, Prison Edition, where the Secret Service rescues Donald Trump from jail. We have, uh, and now, Jane Bong, License to Kill. Very good. <laughs> Sick sense of humor. I like it. Don't forget Basic Instincts 3. And, oh, right. And Basic Instinct 3, The Reveal. <laughs> oh, yuck. Where I kill somebody 
And then my argument is, would I be dumb enough to kill somebody after smoking pot when I just did a whole segment on killing somebody after smoking pot? Will the flash scene at least be edited out now? You're going to have to watch it. I'm, I don't want you know, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. You're going to have to see, watch for yourself. I don't know what to tell you. I'll wait till it comes on basic cable. They'll do all the editing for me. Uh, you don't want to get the uh, director's edition, the director's <laughs> cut? By the way, speaking of... Um, uh, Terry Hayes' new book, The Year of the Locust, is out. It's going to be it's a great book, and we're going to have a great night together. It's going to be on Tuesday, February 7th, or Wednesday, February 7th, excuse me. The location has changed, however. It's now where, Matt? Where's the event going to be? Uh, wh- uh, Main Point Books. Main Point Books. And In thank way. you, Road Warrior, for bringing that to our attention this morning. We, d- we did know about it, but... Uh, it was only announced, I guess, last night. So Main, Main Point Books, which is in Wayne, PA, and get your tickets by going to 1210WPHD.com. I'll be hosting Terry Hayes next week, or not next week, the week after that, on February 7th. However, though, a week from today is Parks Casino Comedy Night, and I'd love to see you there for that. Another Joe Conklin Comedy Night, and that is going to be on Thursday. Thursday, February 1st, uh, doors open at 7, the show's at 8, 20 bucks gets you your drink and uh, a ticket to see the comedy show. So enjoy, we'll have a lot of fun together. We gotta laugh in these crazy days, we have to. And parkscasino.com slash comedy, you must be 21, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Some other things I wanted to get to today, the the show has been flying by, we've been very, very busy. I talked about Peter Navarro earlier, and I'll just say this, I mean... The fact that Peter Navarro was sentenced to four, I mean, think about this now. He got a harsher prison sentence than this woman who killed a guy in California. Too bad Peter Navarro didn't think of the cannabis-induced psychosis defense, but he got four months in jail for defying a congressional subpoena. The same thing Hunter Biden did at first. Hunter Biden defied the congressional subpoena to go to a closed-door deposition. Steve Bannon also got four months in, in jail. Uh, however, he's not serving his sentence yet because the case is on appeal. Bannon's argument is I was you know, doing what I was instructed by the White House lawyers. Anyway, the. I think the Hunter Biden thing is interesting, though, because Hunter Biden has now agreed to testify behind closed doors, but it only happened after. I think he was tipped off by the Department of Justice that. Navarro is going to get four months and guys like Hunter Biden don't go to jail. They squeal. They squeal big time. The other thing I wanted to bring to your attention was in Arizona, huge scandal out there. So Carrie Lake ran for governor and she is a uh, excellent candidate. She's beloved by people. And there are a lot of allegations about election impropriety in that race, to say the least. She's now running for the United States Senate. The Republican establishment does not want her to run. and the now, a uh, former state GOP party leader has resigned, he's resigned, but he was caught on a bombshell audio trying to bribe Carrie Lake to get out of the race. And, and this guy, Jeff DeWitt is his name. He resigned. He was the Republican state chairman for Arizona, and he wanted her out of the race for U.S. Senate. In a statement, the 51-year-old DeWitt said he opted to step down rather than fight for his position after Lake's team threatened to release a more damaging recording. The audio, which was published in March of last year, I'm sorry, was recorded in March of last year, was published by the Daily Mail on Tuesday. He said, I said things I regret, but I realized when hearing Lake's recording that I was set up. Oh, you were set up. Poor baby. Well, maybe you should use the cardinal rule in life, which is assume every conversation is being recorded and then don't 
try to bribe people into not running for U.S. Senate. And, and, and he blames her, of course, a classic, you know, victim shaming here. I believe she orchestrated this entire situation to have control over the state party. And it's obvious from the recording that she crafted her performance responses with the knowledge that she was recording it, intending to use this recording later to portray herself as a hero in her own story. But the dude did try to bribe her to get out of the race. And here's the recording of this audio. We have a little bit of it. I mean, it's a it, it's a 10 minute Recording. I can't play the whole thing on the air, obviously, but here's a little snippet of this. You can get under, get an understanding of what he was doing here. Basically saying to Carrie Lake, name a price. Name name your price that you want. We'll get people that'll write you write, give you the money, get you out of the race. Which is a bribe. I mean, it's obviously a bribe. It's I I think uh, under Arizona law, it should be considered a crime. I'm not a lawyer. Obviously, I'm not licensed in Arizona nor in any state, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> But certainly the spirit of this is certainly bribery, if nothing else. Uh, cut number one. So what's going on? What is, uh, I'm assuming this is our friend. Uh, this is, this is, this is back east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. I know oh, they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So this conversation never happened. Th- this is crazy though. They should want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. They are right. They are corrupt. Maybe. This is rap. Don't, don't go. Do you ever know? I don't get myself in trouble. This, if you, if you, if you say no, that's just fine. It's your choice. Don't tell people. I know. They're going to try to have me murdered. <laughs> I don't that either. world, man. If that stuff that came out last week is right about the cartel stuff, I mean, the cartel, they said the cartel's operating in 50 states right now. Like all 50, you mm-hmm. know? So. So what, what, what's going on? Who is it? What? Forget the who. Let me just tell you the what. Let's just say there are people calling around saying, gosh, no, they can't repeat this. Never repeat this. If you say no, don't. Because they say, I got offered to buy out. Don't, yeah. Don't use it. Because then we lose our ability to get things done other, in the future. Here's this, my problem. Rather than just say, let's work with her. She's a great candidate. Because they don't own me. And it pisses me off. Yeah, it's not it's about ownership. It's about control. I don't know it's about control. It's about being on the team. I guess that's it. You know what I mean? They want to be on the team. They want you to be on their team. But just you know? But if they're pushing a globalist agenda, I can't do that. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? You want to stay opportunities. <laughs> but, let me tell you what I can offer you. But, um, I said you can do whatever you want. The talking head is. So the, the ask of me was, it's kind of funny. So the, the ask I got today from back east was, this is, you guys just stay us. Is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her to keep her out? And I said, well, what are you willing to do? Whatever we need to do. Name your price. Name your price. And the exact line is just say, is there a number at which Carrie Lake jumps in and says, I can be bought. That's what it's about. And he says, you can take a pause for a couple of years. You can go right back to what you're doing. 
like repeatedly said she wouldn't do it for millions of dollars or billions of dollars. This is not about our money. It's not about money. It's about our country, she said. She also said, I want, she told the justthenews.com, I want corruption rooted out of our government. I don't care if it's on the Democrat side or the Republican side. We are going to root out corruption. The Maricopa County Republican chairman, Craig Berland, said about the audio, if this is in fact true, I'm asking the Arizona Republican chairman, Jeff DeWitt, to resign, which of course he did. The question that I have, though, honestly, is, is you know, did this guy break the law in Arizona? And, and I, don't, I don't know, you know, Arizona law, but it certainly is, if nothing else, sleazy as hell to, to suggest here that for the state party chairman to say to a candidate, What's your price to get out of the race? What's your price? You know, name your name your price. We'll give you cushy jobs. We'll give you cushy corporate jobs. We'll take a break for a couple of years. And there, because the forces at B in the establishment don't think Carrie Lake can win, so that's why they're doing this, obviously. And and you know, it it it's exactly the reason why people like Carrie Lake because she exposes this kind of crap, and the establishment wants to stop her. Whenever the establishment does this game of <coughs> turning around and saying this candidate can't win because they're too conservative or this candidate can't win or that's when people turn around and say, you know, they're why don't you ever say that about the the so-called moderate Republicans that don't win statewide? You know, it's that like they, they if a moder- if a so-called moderate Republican in a state, I don't care wh- any state, pick your state, runs statewide and loses. They're, we're told that they, they just, it was close, they need another chance, they need to go again, you know. If it's a conservative, we're told a person is unelectable and they need to get out and that they're a nut and they can't win and that's what the answer is. The other thing, too, is that Trump was told he couldn't win. And the other thing is that a lot of people sometimes have to run statewide to get their name out there. I mean, I don't think when, I'll give you a good example. Let's use let's use the woman who cries. It's my party too, Christine Todd Whitless, the former governor of New Jersey. She was at one point a Somerset County freeholder, which can't say freeholder anymore. It's racist. But she was a Somerset County freeholder in New Jersey, which is a county commissioner. She ran for the United States Senate against Bill Bradley, famous basketball player who was a U.S. senator for New Jersey. And she came really close. It was 1992. She came really close. Uh, I'm sorry, was it? Yeah, 92. She came really close. And then she ran for governor in 93 against uh, Jim Florio. And that was the famous Florio Free in 93. Uh, The late uh, Jim Florio. Christy Whitman wasn't told by the party establishment, you ran statewide, you lost, Get, get out of here. They said you ran statewide and you could win the second time around. So that's what I mean in terms of the difference, in terms of how those candidates are viewed. And she did run the second time and she won. And she's not the first New Jerseyan to run uh, more than once and win statewide or the first of any state. I mean, this happens all the time. Carrie Lake got her name out there. She came close. A lot of people think there was a tremendous amount of election impropriety that went on. And now she's running for U.S. Senate. But it just seems to me like the the establishment never does this to the so-called moderate candidates. You know what I mean? All right, listen, Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill is a sensational sale happening right now at Cherry Hill Volvo. 
How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000? It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. They're courtesy S60s with less than 5,000 miles on them. They are selling right now for less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so don't wait on this one. Right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, they have ample inventory, and they are ready to meet you today. So why not start the year off with the luxury vehicle you deserve? A Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. It's a great time to visit with many incredible incentives available. Hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo to get a courtesy S60 Volvo for less than $29,000. It is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. They're going to take great care of you and make sure whether you drive the S60 courtesy car, which by the way, I mean, this is an incredible offer, or you want to do one of the SUVs, you will be taken great care of. Certified pre-owned cars, brand new, the, the Care by Volvo lease program, which I'm in, which is a sensational program, where every five months you're eligible to get a new Volvo. And the S-Class, I should also mention, is made right at their plant in South Carolina. So if buying a vehicle made in America is important to you, get to Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. We broadcast live proudly from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios because they stand with us and a Cherry Hill Volvo relationships matter. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will this, this is, the next, is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. A uh, big question, which is, are local governments around you going to try for higher 911 phone fees? Yes, they are. And why are we still paying these things? But they're going to do it in some counties around here, as a matter of fact. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. You know, the um, there's a lot going on. I'll tell you, the uh, uh, Hillary Clinton is just probably the, the worst politician in the history of humanity. For, there's two things. Number one, she got caught dancing to the Macarena. The video has gone viral and it's just buffoonery at its very best. And secondly, she put out a stupid tweet conflating Barbie with her election loss. And she's been mocked left and right for that today. Uh, She's just bad. She's just so bad at this. I mean, really, truly is. But I wanted to mention to you, you know, when whenever you're thinking about the uh, the the question of of art, um, it's not easy, you know, to make a movie, to be an artist, to, to be an actor, to live that life. It comes with a lot of risks. It really does. But none like being an artist, someone who sells artwork, because that is truly the cliche of a starving artist. You know what I mean? As an actor, you might wait tables and then maybe get a big break, make a lot of money. But artists sometimes will be a starving artist, even if they're selling their artwork. Now, there's a way around that. However, it's not easily accessible to every artist, but there is a way around it where you can actually, as a first time artist, become a millionaire. 
seemingly overnight. The only thing you have to do is it's not about talent. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, all right, it's about perseverance, hard work. You got to just put your heart and soul into it. You got to be, you know what I mean? You got to just really, really work hard. Nah, it's not even that. What you have to do is be the president's son. Because if you do that, you will make one and a half million dollars selling art. And again, I know, I, you know, if you are somebody who dreams of being an artist, and maybe as a parent, you've had this conversation with your kids before. They tell you, mom, dad, I, w- I want to be an artist. I want to be an actor. I want to be a singer, whatever you go. Well, maybe have a backup plan, you know, have a backup or something like that. You, you might be tempted to say, I'll give you a great example. Andrea Bocelli, the famous Italian singer. He is a lawyer. He actually went to law school, but he pursued singing. It, law school was his, uh, was his fail-safe plan if he didn't make it. Obviously, he made it, to say the least. Now, in the Hunter Biden situation, he actually was a lawyer first, and like Andrea Bocelli, then he became a successful artist. But unlike Andrea Bocelli, he has no talent whatsoever, and the only reason why he's making millions of dollars is because his last name is Biden, and the people that are buying them the artwork, uh, they are getting access to his dad, who's the president. So yeah, there's this from the Washington Post. Uh, George Burgay's art gallery uh, signed an agreement shortly after the year's election to take it on an unusual task, representing Hunter Biden, who is pursuing a startup career as an artist. The agreement produced arrangements that drew concerns from ethics experts and now brought increasing scrutiny from House Republicans. A transcript from a House panel's closed-door interview with the gallery owner released this week provides the most complete picture to date of Hunter Biden's artwork, including when his paintings have been sold and for how much. In total, there have been 10 buyers of the art. 10 buyers who have paid a, a sum of $1.5 million. Now, again, as I am a budding filmmaker with my... Zioliverse series of movies. I'm taking a huge risk. I may not make it, but I took a huge risk getting into radio as well because this is a form of uh, entertainment. When you become an artist, you're taking a huge risk. When you are the president's son, you are literally selling White House access vis-a-vis your crappy art. Under the agreement, the gallerists received 40% of the sales while Biden took 60%. So think about that now. 60% and he still made over a million dollars as a first-time artist. Three of the buyers have been identified, while the other seven remain anonymous. The largest share of the work, 11 paintings, for a total of $875,000, went to Kevin Morris, who has become one of Biden's closest friends, while also acting as an attorney and financial benefactor. Now, the reason why you need to know that name Kevin Morris is because Kevin Morris's deposition before the House Oversight Committee has come out. And we've learned a lot of things about Kevin Morris, including the fact that his sugar brother lawyer confirms that he still holds a stake in a Chinese state-backed equity fund. The House Oversight Committee last week spoke to him in closed-door deposition. The things that we're learning about him and what he's saying, he's still incredibly, incredibly connected. Incredibly connected. And he defends the millions in loans he gave to Hunter Biden, buying all of his crappy artwork. And he did invoke privilege 17 times in his deposition. And he defends lending Hunter Biden $5 million. He also has had incredible access at the White House. And for a guy like that, Kevin Morris, you know, 
in that world, to be able to give your clients access, to be able to know that you're able to get access, is everything. It's everything. And he defended his close relationship with Hunter Biden and giving him $5 million and also acknowledging that he is still connected to this Chinese firm. But the thing about it is that the loans began in 2020. Within a month of meeting Hunter Biden at a political fundraiser for his father's presidential campaign. Now, don't you think the timing of that's a little odd? A, it's a pandemic. So, I mean, there's that. It might have been pre-pan, but still, nonetheless. Uh, And then he became BFFs with Hunter. Started loaning him five million bucks. Asked why he did not seek repayment any sooner. He told the committee, I'm not required to ask for it sooner. Despite allegations of political impropriety by Republican members of Congress, Morris repeatedly denied receiving any political favors from the Biden administration in exchange for his financial support for his president's son. He said he'd been to the White House three times since Joe Biden was elected for a tour, the wedding of Hunter Biden's daughter, Naomi, and last year's annual Fourth of July picnic. When asked during the committee if he had ever spoken with the president directly during visits to the White House, He responded, the president waved, and I think I said hi. He always makes jokes about my hair. I think he made a crack about my hair. That was it. Now, let me tell you something about the world of access. The world of access is not going to the White House. It's not talking to the president. It's being able to get the White House chief of staff on the phone. It's being able to get the White House political director on the phone. It's being able to get the the Commerce Secretary on the phone or, or whoever on the phone. That's what access really is. Forget the president. What are you going to really need? What do you really need from the president? You need him to nuke a country? No. So what do you really need from him? What you need, though, is you need the people that actually do the work in the executive branch of government to return your call. Or you need you need the Senate majority leader to take your call. You need Chuck Schumer to take your call. You need you need you need somebody who's in a jam or somebody who's got a problem with an agency or something like this. That's really what you're talking about. When you talk about access, it's really constituent services, you see. So the advice I give your children if they want to be an artist one day is it's very helpful if your dad is president of the United States of America. He can probably help you in a big, big way. Now, Charlie Spearing's book, Amateur Hour, all about how Kamala Harris is terrible and how Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, you always have to say that by law, of course, uh, hates her, hates her guts, because, well, she did savage Joe Biden on the stage for being a racist and a segregationist. Uh, They didn't want to pick her. He wanted Gretchen Whitmer, but it turns out that in order to get James Clyburn's support in South Carolina, and this is the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, he had to commit to a black woman on the ticket. Now, the Obamas apparently vetoed Susan Rice, which is hard for me to understand, but that's who they really wanted. They wanted Susan Rice. But I guess it also might have been the fact that uh, she may not have been born in this country. She may have been born in Iran. I'm not quite sure. But either way, they wound up with Kamala Harris. So they hate Kamala Harris's guts, and they know that she's a moron, and they know that she's an idiot, and they know that she cannot be, she she can't win. And apparently Biden's telling people that he's only staying in the race because he, he can't, imagine Kamala Harris being president. She's also complaining very much about her incorrect height on her Wikipedia page. Among other things that Kamala Harris says that absolutely make no sense, and all the little gripes that she has, she's the border czar, mind you, while we have this invasion going on at the southern border. This is what she's really concerned with, though, uh, her Wikipedia page, cut 15. Meanwhile, I... 
Why did I think you were much taller? I re recently learned you're only 5'2". Is that, that true? That is absolutely incorrect. Okay. <laughs> I am 5'4 and a quarter. Okay, and Sometimes I'm 5'3". Five, 5'4 five, and a half and with heels, which I always wear, I'm 5'7 and a half. Thank you very much. Okay, Wikipedia, you're wrong, and we I need totally to correct wrong. that. I've said this to my team. Like, what? I don't know where it came from. I've, I was 5'2 when I was 12. <laughs> they say I'm 5'1 on my Wikipedia page. How tall are you? Five three and three quarters, right? <laughs> and shrinking. It's like literally, you, they just want to just make us smaller in every way. I know, but are. I but I was excited because I'm short, and I was like, "Oh, Kamala, short no, like I am me. not. I really am, am not. Okay. I'm just trying to take okay. two and a half inches off my. You know, we stand corrected. Thing. Yes, and we <laughs> we'll stand. make sure. And yes, yes. That was with Katie Couric. Uh, she is such an idiot. And this is, the, again, though, this is the problem. And this is why I tell you the, the Joe Biden problem, uh, which I'll get into in more detail in the next segment. But the Joe Biden problem of how do you get this guy out of the race without dealing with that becoming your problem of Kamala Harris. And I'm just going to play this clip again because I played it earlier and it's been kind of the theme today. But when Sean Fain, the head of the United Auto Workers, Came out and said, you know, let me be clear about this. I can't emphasize this enough. We can play the short one this time, Matt. A great majority of our members, these are the United Auto Worker members. These are the people that actually work for a living. Cut number four. Look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paycheck. And they're not going to vote for Joe Biden. Yet the union boss endorses him anyway. Uh, 25 Republican governors have banded together to support Texas in its fight to secure the border. 25 Republican governors from across the country released a joint statement Thursday afternoon expressing support for the state of Texas as it fights to secure its border with Mexico. The statement comes as the Biden administration is fighting to stop Texas from securing its borders and preventing millions of illegal aliens from flooding into the state. Now, I spent a lot of time on this today. And just one more time, since we have the updated disclaimer, can we do? Can we fit in our law firm commercial before the break? No. Uh, it's very important now that we have the added, the legal disclaimer that Odyssey lawyers wanted us to add here. Uh, take a listen. Have you or a loved one been harmed by razor wire? If so, call today to learn your rights and how you may get a large cash settlement. Did you escape from jail and cut yourself? Did you steal a car from a junkyard? Did the scratch from the razor wire get infected? If so, know your rights. Call today and you could get a large cash settlement. I'm so happy that we called Moron and Moron. Our son tried escaping from jail and cut his leg on razor wire. We got a large cash settlement. I'm so happy I called. My daughter tried escaping from the loony bin. She cut her leg on razor wire, and we got a large cash settlement. I tried breaking into a junkyard to steal a 1986 Datsun. I cut my leg on razor wire, and it got infected. I called Moron and Moron, and I got a large cash settlement. So call today and know your rights. Razor wire may be ineffective, but it's also cruel. And if you get an infection, it could fester. Ah, this is Joe Cardell, formerly with Cardell Cardell. I now represent the law firm of Moron and Moron. If you're a divorced guy that just got cut by razor wire, call Moron and Moron, and you too could receive a large cash settlement. By the way, I'm not licensed in your state or any state. This is a public service announcement for WPHT. 
There we go. We got that covered. So that's good. Large cash settlement. All right. So a lot more to come, including uh, the latest on uh, Hunter Biden and Peter Navarro, how it all ties together. Don't go away. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So as I told you, uh, Democrats seem to love destroying personal liberty and freedom these days, especially when it comes to anything related to helping people stop smoking. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on Twitter at Rich Zioli, of course. And don't forget, one week from tonight, we'll be at Parks Casino for Comedy Night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joe Conklin's Comedy Night, the man of a thousand voices himself. We'll have a great time together. And uh, please join us. Tickets are only 20 bucks. Include your first drink free. We got a couple great comedians joining us, including, let's see who we got coming up this week. We got, uh, where is it? Da, 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 da. I can't find it. It's, oh, yes, Tyler Mason. Yes, and Tracy Locke. Very funny. Tickets are just 20 bucks. Include your first drink free. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8. Go to parkscasino.com slash comedy. Must be 21. Gambling prom. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that's one week from today. So do that today so that I can see you there next week. Uh, So Chuck Schumer hates freedom, and he wants to hurt people's lives who are trying to quit smoking. This is not the first time that the left has done this, and even big hacks like uh, Scott Gottlieb. They try to do the same thing by banning flavored vapes and everything like this. So now Chuck Schumer is going after Zinn patches. What are Zinn patches? uh, Pouches. Pouches. Not patches. Pouches. What are Zinn pouches, you might ask yourself? Well, what they are is they are a tiny little pouch containing nicotine. And they're sold in various milligrams, two milligrams or four milligrams, six milligrams, whatever it is. It's nicotine, which is a drug. And it is not tobacco, which is different. Tobacco contains nicotine, but nicotine does not necessarily contain tobacco because nicotine is the drug that's 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 in tobacco. You know, you light up a cigarette or, or you put in um, dip chew you know something like that you're getting tobacco you're getting the nicotine through the tobacco this is just the nicotine in a pouch and people put it under their lip and they get the rush of the nicotine without actually having to use a nicotine product so in other words instead of having to 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 worry about um smoking or chewing or whatever else, and then the the bad side effects that come with that, you're getting the drug directly. It's really, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's any different than those nicotine lozenges, lo- lozenges they used to sell, or maybe they still do, or a, pa- a patch, you know, the gum. I, I know I, I, a friend of mine was quitting smoking and was all about the nicotine gum. You know what I mean? Love the gum. Uh, but Chuck Schumer, is, is he hates anything. I mean, the guy is America's nanny. Remember the one time he went after... Tide Pods. He was accusing Tide Pods of killing people. And people would, would, would take the Tide Pods and they would eat them. Kids would eat them and die from Tide Pods. I remember that too. And I kept thinking, you know what? Why don't you do something? You're a United States Senator. You're the Senate Majority Leader. Why don't you stop busting chops? But he can't. It's what he does. He does it all the time. Here's a report from CBS in New York. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is calling for federal action to crack down on a product called Zen. He says the nicotine pouches pose a danger to teens as they use them as an alternative to e-cigarettes. Pouch packed with problems. High levels of nicotine. So today I'm delivering a warning to parents because these nicotine pouches seem to lock their sights on young kids, teenagers, and even lower. 
and then use the social media to hook them. Senator Schumer is urging the FTC and the FDA to investigate Zen for concerns relating to marketing and health effects. We reached out to Zen for comment, but have not yet heard back. And there's other brands besides Zen, but that's the the point, is that this guy, like a lot of people in his party, they want to crack down on everything. And a big part of the reason, I think, is because the cigarette tax pays for so much. I really think that. So this was uh, from Reason.com. Less than three months after launching an attack on energy drinks. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. He went after energy drinks as well. Chuck Schumer, America's natty. He panicked over the the new prime energy drink because it, it contains 200 milligrams of caffeine, which, by the way, I wouldn't eat even more than that because I'm so... The effects of nicotine, excuse me, of caffeine have no effect on me at this point because I'm, I think I've built up an immunity to, to it or something, or it's such a tolerance. But he said, um, one of the summer's hottest status symbols for kids is not an outfit or a toy, it's a beverage. But buyer and parents beware because it's a serious health concern for the kids it so feverishly targets. As reasons Elizabeth Nolan Brown noted, Schumer's ire is incredibly misdirected. For one thing, cans of prime energy drinks have warning labels that explicitly say the product is not recommended for anyone under the age of 18. Yes, the beverage appears to be popular with kids, but that's because they also have an especially young audience on YouTube, but they also have a prime version that doesn't have caffeine in it. It's just a pure sports drink. My son loves them, and he and his friends drink them. They don't have caffeine in them, though. So there's two different versions. But, of course, you know, they, they it's regulators. They, the regulators love to look at everything. They wake up in the day and go, whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. What can we regulate? What can we do? And then maybe we can tax it, too. Now, the reports by media outlets have noted that the caffeine in the prime energy drink is equivalent to six cans of Coke or two Red Bulls. That certainly sounds like a lot, but compare prime energy to coffee. A Starbucks brand K-Cup has about 100 milligrams of coffee. And a venti size, the largest size, is about 400 milligrams. That's twice as much caffeine as a can of prime energy, but nobody is freaked out about teens drinking too much Starbucks. And Schumer wanted the FDA to get involved and warning labels, even though it's already a warning label, um, he wants them to get involved and he wants more regulation. Guy Bentley... Director of Consumer Freedom at the uh, Consumer Freedom at the Reason Foundation said the research suggests energy drinks carry no more risk than other caffeinated beverages children can readily access. If children are under the illusion that it is a health drink, parents, schools, consumers, and their doctors are well placed to correct any misperceptions without requiring federal officials to spend more time on TikTok going after them. And that, of course, is what they wind up doing. You know, they it's 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 it, it, and they always use the whole idea of our children are to, to justify more intrusion into your life and more regulations and more government power. They always do the safety of our children. So Schumer put out a press release labeling Zinn a quiet and dangerous alternative to vaping, claiming that while the, the while the decline in smoking, tobacco companies are adapting by focusing on new products like oral nicotine. Zins are small pouches of nicotine meant to be placed between the lip and the gums. The strengths of the product are available at three and six milligrams of nicotine, and they come in several flavors. Schumer's ire appears to have been raised by the rapid growth in sales of nicotine pouches and so-called Zinfluencers on TikTok promoting the product. 
Schumer fears nicotine pouches could become a teen trend, as vaping did in 2019 before rapidly declining as the tobacco age was raised to 21, and schools became more aware of the problem. First of all, I don't understand this point either about the, the age of 21, because if you can vote at 18, how come you can't have a freaking vape? No, I mean that sincerely. How come if, you, if, if your mind is not formed enough at 18 to be able to make a decision for yourself whether or not you should vape? Because I'm sure they're going to soon raise the age to buy these nicotine pouches. Why is your, how is your mind then formed enough to be able to, to vote for president of the United States? There is a, in Newark, New Jersey, the city of Newark, they just lowered the voting age to 16. 16. That's right. 16 years old. Or you could vote in school board elections. 16. Now, that's crazy if their brains are not developed enough. So the same 16-year-olds who can now vote in school board elections, those same kids could not go out and get a vaping product or a pack of smokes or alcohol or anything else. I don't understand that. I don't get that. Because either your brain is developed enough to make these kind of very consequential decisions that affect taxpayers, and in the case of the president, life and death, war, or it's not. And if it is, and you're able to do these things, then you should have all the rights that come with it. It's the same thing the left does with guns, too. They go, well, you shouldn't be allowed to have, buy a gun to you're 21, but if you want to chop your boobies off at 13, by all means, and we should pay for it. Well, how do you have the mental uh, acuity to be able to know if you want to chop your boobies off at 13, but not if you want to be able to buy a gun or a, a vape or something like that? That makes no sense. There's no consistency. That's why I was really glad that Ohio overrode Governor Mike DeWine, that loser, his uh, his veto of the bill barring um, transgender surgeries in children. Schumer fears nicotine pouches could become a teen trend, as vaping did. A teen trend. But Schumer's framing has a story backwards. Zinn is not a dangerous alternative to vaping, but a dramatically safer alternative to smoking. One of the reasons smoking has declined substantially over the last decade is because safer nicotine alternatives like vapes and Zinn are switching smokers away from cigarettes. The closest equivalent for which we have decades of data is an oral smokeless tobacco called snus. Snus is most prevalent in Sweden, and not coincidentally, Sweden has the lowest smoking and lung cancer rates in the your entire entire Europe, all of Europe, maybe the world too. As those interested in using nicotine do so in a much safer form. Now, Schumer is right that nicotine pouches are enjoying tremendous sales, but he would be wrong to assume nicotine naive youth are driving these sales, according to the National Youth Tobacco Survey. Only one point five percent of middle and high schoolers use nicotine pouches. And just 2.3% have ever tried a nicotine pouch. Even among the minority of youths who use products like Zinn, most are not nicotine newbies. A study of adolescents and adults aged 15 to 24 who use nicotine pouches found the vast majority were smokers or had smoked cigarettes in the past and they were looking for a way to quit. Same thing with e-cigarettes. They are looking for a way to get off the really, really bad thing of smoking. That's what I'm talking about here. So, anyway, that's where we are with that. It's just one more. It's just one more crackdown on freedom, and it just drives me crazy. Schumer's intervention drew mockery on X because Republican lawmakers and conservative commentators are defending Zinn. Of course, the reaction is perhaps unsurprising, given that Tucker Carlson 
is the most famous Zin consumer. I had no idea. The most worrying aspect of Schumer's demonization of Zin is that it contributes to the false impression that just because something contains nicotine, it's a threat to public health. What makes cigarettes, cigarettes so lethal is not nicotine, but setting tobacco on fire and inhaling the smoke. Divorced from smoke, nicotine is a relatively benign stimulant with similar risk profile to caffeine. Most adults incorrectly believe vaping is just as bad or worse than smoking. If these misperceptions were replicated for products like Zin, the most likely effect would not be saving kids from the grips of of nicotine addiction, as Schumer hopes, but to keep smokers smoking. Dr. Jeffrey Singer of the Cato Institute lamented the constant fear-mongering around nicotine warning, I can only think of one explanation, an unfounded and irrational fear of nicotine. I call it nicotinophobia. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, just, it just goes to show you, Chuck Schumer and the mindset of him is not, I'm not there as a United States senator to deal with the issues that really confront our country, like the border, for example. Uh, I'm, I'm there to bust down and crack chops, bust chops and crack down on whatever I deem as America's nanny to be harmful. Whatever, whatever I deem. Caffeine, Tide Pods, Zin pouches, I shall choose. I shall choose. All right, we got more to come on our fourth and final hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHC. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. Peter Navarro sentenced to four months in prison for defying a congressional subpoena to appear before a closed door deposition. Gotta make makes you wonder, was Hunter Biden's legal team tipped off to the fact that that's what would happen to Hunter? And that tells me a lot. Welcome back in our fourth and final hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD uh, before I hand it over to the great one, Mark Levin. So what I was saying earlier to you was when Peter Navarro was sentenced today to four months in prison for not doing his closed door deposition, I found the timing of that to be very, very suspicious, considering that Hunter Biden would not appear for a closed door deposition. Then he did that little stunt where he showed up in Gen, in Gen Pop, you know, just sat in the audience. And then when Republicans were going to hold him in contempt of Congress, uh, that's when his lawyer said, OK, he'll agree to the closed door deposition. But I got to wonder, did somebody from the Department of Justice tip off Hunter Biden's legal team that Navarro was going to get four months in jail? Which tells me, of course, obviously the corruption at the DOJ, but also the fact that Hunter Biden could not even do four months in prison. No way. Let alone the years and years and years he was looking at. Years and years that he was looking at. No. If that means if he has to squeal on his old man, he'll squeal on his old, old man. No doubt about it. If he's got to sing about daddy's businesses and daddy's business ties to Ukraine and China, he'll, he'll squeal. He'll Whatever he's got to do, he'll sing. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of that scene in The Dark Knight with the Joker. Remember there was that guy, Lau, who was, who was going on about how um, he would take the money and go back to Hong Kong because the Chinese would never extradite him. So they stole all this money from all these mob banks, and he was going to take the money, and he was going to keep it there. And, and the Joker said, guys like him squeal. This is, this is the scene I'm talking about here. Take a listen. For uh, the television's so-called plan batman has no jurisdiction he'll find him and make him squeal 
I know the squealers when I see them. And what do you propose? That's the thing. Joker knows the squealers when he sees them. I know the squealers when I see them. And Hunter Biden is a squealer. That guy will squeal. So, remember that day Hunter Biden came out and said, um, my father had no financial relationships with my business or something, whatever that was. Um, Like he didn't do the HR accounting and the software for the payroll or something. If Hunter Biden's actually facing jail time, serious prison time, That's how they'll get Joe Biden out of the race if they have to. They will have Joe Biden pardon Hunter Biden, and then Joe Biden will turn around and say, I pardoned my son. I can't run again. So I have to be a dad first, put my family first, and I'm bowing out because I know that I can't pardon my son and then turn around and run for re-election. I know that I can't do that, so I won't. This, by the way, is the big story of the day today. It's brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Prosecutors argue that Peter Navarro uh, should go to jail because they said he showed utter disregard for the House Committee's probe into January 6th and utter contempt for the rule of law. They actually asked the judge to impose a six-month prison term. The committee was investigating an attack on the very foundation of our democracy. There could be no more serious investigation undertaken by Congress. The same sentence was recommended for Steve Bannon, a former White House advisor who was also convicted on two counts of contempt of Congress last year. Bannon got sentenced to four months. However, he has not yet served that time because the judge said he could remain free pending an appeal. Now, look, you know, the um, the point here that you have to realize is that um, Hunter Biden's arrogance defying the congressional subpoena for a closed door deposition is exactly what these guys did. It's the same thing. And it's the reason why Hunter Biden came out and agreed that he would do a closed door deposition, because Hunter Biden can't face the prospect of going to jail even for four months, let alone for years, let alone for potentially now decades which is what all these federal charges could amount to. So if that means he's got a squeal, he's got a squeal. Oh, by the way, with the Super Bowl coming up, uh, Bud Light is continuing their comeback tour. So remember how I always tell you how these brands hate you? They hire a bunch of snotty little woke college graduates who hate you, and they really don't like you. Remember uh, Bud Light's marketing director, Elisa Schneider, Schneiderface, or whatever her name was? She came out and said, you know, we got to get away from Bud Light being seen as this, you know, fratty white guy beer and everything else. So they had the trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney as her spokesperson. However, uh, it backfired massively on the brand. So ever since then, now Anheuser-Busch, the parent company, has been trying very, very hard to get this to be a guy's beer again, as in a, a, a man not pretending to be a woman's beer, but an actual man's beer. And it's not easy because the guys have decided that, first of all, it's not that good. I'll just order something else. And that kind of category of beers, uh, you'd walk by and see Bud Light stacked up, you know, and, and the reason was entirely because of that snotty, snooty marketing person, Elisa Schneiderfeld, head, whatever her name was, because she's the, she hates you, and she mocked the people, the mocked the consumer base. So that's how they decided they were going to get away from that sort of white guy fratty image was by having a dude in a dress market their beer, as opposed to having women market their beer and appeal to actual women. 
So what they're going to do now for the upcoming Super Bowl for Bud Light as they continue their comeback tour, the Super Bowl ad will dial up the humor and introduce a new brand character while staying wedded to the easy-to-drink, easy-to-enjoy marketing theme Bud Light has pushed for the past year. You're going to see what our brand lovers expect, which is some really funny advertising. In contrast, Budweiser's ad promotes Anheuser-Busch's connection to American culture, featuring an independent wholesaler and the brand's Clydesdales to invoke resilience and community spirit. Now, you know why they do that, right? Because um, the distributors have been hurting very, very badly because people turned around and said, I'm not buying Bud and I'm not buying Bud Light. And the distributors, they're the ones who really make the call. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And they're trying so hard. I've been watching, I mean, all these games, every NFL game now has something to do with Bud Light in some way, shape, or form because they're trying to appeal to straight guys who like beer after they this disastrous marketing campaign with Dylan Mulvaney. Some Bud Light ads since the exit of that snotty Elisa Schneider face have bent back toward comedy. As in a summertime campaign depicting beer drinkers burning bare feet on sun-scorched asphalt and falling out of a hammock. It also ran commercials as the NFL season began featuring fans carrying out idiosyncratic game day traditions. This year's Super Bowl ad will dial up the humor. Bud Light's minute-long Super Bowl commercial in 2023 before the boycott and the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco had departed from the brand's sometimes brash advertising tradition by depicting husband and wife actors Miles and Kaylee Teller turning telephone hold music into a living room dance party. Now, I love Miles Teller. He's a great actor. His wife's beautiful. But it was a dumb ad. Stupid. And uh, it reflected a shift in strategy at the time. That's what the Wall Street Journal wrote about it back then. So what they were trying to do, this was the beginning of how Bud Light was going to turn around and start appealing to different people. It was the very beginning of what would be the end for them. And I'll tell you something else, too. I mean, it's a lesson as more and more of these companies deliberately spit in the face of their consumers. Even though you pay their salaries, they don't like you and they want to cancel you and they don't have any respect for you as a person. It's kind of like how the media treats Trump supporters, right? No respect, pure disdain, just mocking, humiliating, insulting, even to the point now where you've got Jamie Dimon coming out and saying, cut it out already, knock it off. Hey, don't forget our big event with Terry Hayes is coming up on February 7th. Please get your tickets for that. We'll have a great night talking about his book, The Year of the Locust. It's going to be a wonderful time to be together for another speaker series event. Let's get your tickets by going to 1210WPHT.com today. That is Thursday, uh, excuse me, Wednesday, February 7th. Wednesday, February 7th with Terry Hayes and his new book, The Year of the Locust. And don't forget, one week from today, this time, we'll be headed over to Parks Casino for Joe Conklin's Comedy Night. So get your tickets for that. All right, big Friday show tomorrow, of course. We'll check in with Dr. Wilford Riley and Dr. Victoria Coates on the latest in the craziness of the Middle East. Remember, though, before I turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin, remember, if you are injured in a razor wire encounter, please reach out to the law firm of Moron and Moron. If your own stupidity caused you to encounter razor wire, reach out to them today because you could get a large cash settlement. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening to the show. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you.
Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 